Welcome to a new episode of Film Seizure at the Movies. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, co-host of the Film Seizure podcast that you can catch each Wednesday morning with my cohorts, Jason Oliver and Chuck Moore, and my solo show, Monster Mondays, each Monday afternoon. You can catch both of those shows at filmseizure.com, and you can catch both of those cohorts right now on this special episode of Film Seizure at the Movies. Jason, Chuck, welcome. Hey, it's a celebration of 2022. It kind Thanks of for is. having me. Yeah, it's uh, this is our best of 2022. What's interesting is we are recording this on the day that the Oscar nominations came out, too. Yeah. Uh, so we might have a little bit of commentary about that as well. But, um, you know, we, we do this usually later than a lot of people just because it's like we don't always have the, uh, the ability to see everything that we want to see right away. Sometimes you got to wait for stuff to come out. Um, but. I wanted to to get this uh, get this going before the end of January. So, and I think we all have pretty solid lists. Yes, um, indeed, and and kind of diverse lists. Um, we uh, we have overlap, but we have a lot of um, solo picks, which is going to make it, I think, an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think so. Something and, for everyone, I think, in this episode. Yeah, and I will say that I am evolving how i'm choosing what's going to be on my list versus what didn't make the list although i can still recognize it's a very good movie is some of it is can i go back to it can i rewatch it at any point in time and to be honest with you um in my top 10 list there's only one movie that i, I would say is not a movie i could watch at any point in time just to watch again um so there's some of that criteria that I put into my list. Um, some of it also is, you know, and that, that definitely, I, I kind of played around with my criteria for what I'm going to call my worst of 2022. <laughs> um, just because of a larger conversation that, that probably needs to happen. And I admit there's some conversation there that I'm going to be guilty of a little bit too of of kind of helping promote or keep going when it comes to you know this type of movie but we'll get there when we get there um but generally speaking how did you guys feel in general about 2022 movies i'll say I, oh, go ahead i had i had kind of a hard time choosing my top 10 and and i'll be honest i haven't been on the last couple of these episodes because i didn't watch nearly enough movies right so i don't i've caught up over time but this year was like it was pretty full of movies that i i quite liked um it wasn't full of movies that blew me away but a lot that i really liked if that makes sense yeah it makes a lot of sense um Yes, I, I agree. There was, there were a couple movies that I liked a whole lot, right? A couple few movies that I liked a whole lot, and then it was really kind of hard to to pick, uh, to put them in an order, to keep it to ten. It was a very solid year, yeah, but it wasn't necessarily like a cream of the crop kind of year. You know what I mean? Agree, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there are some standout movies obviously every year is going to have a, a handful of standout movies but yeah i mean i had 
16, 17 movies where I thought, you know, I had a really good time watching these movies. And if that's mm-hmm. the bare minimum, and again, I talked about like, you know, most of the movies on my top 10, I could watch at a drop of a hat again. And, yeah. but what really kind of was interesting was I had a, I had really interesting kind of relationships with movies this year. Um, there is, there are two movies that I have very complicated relationships with that I saw in 2022. And I'll just go ahead and kind of briefly talk about this real quick. Cause one I talked about earlier in the year, one I haven't talked about at all. Um, and the, the one that I saw earlier in the year that I have a very complicated relationship with is the, is the Dr. Strange movie that came out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with the weekend that it came out was the weekend that my favorite artist, George Perez passed away. Um, and how he and uh, Kurt Busiek did their Avengers run and how they built up the Scarlet Witch versus what happened to that character after they left and how that character is now playing that out in the movies. There was this really weird kind of synergetic kind of weird, like I felt weird watching it. Um, and it stuck with me in that way. Um, the other movie that I have an extremely complicated relationship with is Babylon. That's a movie that I actually have been kind of kicking around the idea of once it comes to streaming, maybe doing like a um, more like an essay type of special episode of this. Um, Because there are things that I like that I shouldn't like in it. And there are things that I should like in it that I hate in it. Um, It's a weird relationship. It's neither one of those movies got close to the top 10 list. They weren't part of those but they were movies that will stick with me and it's weird um you know did you guys have anything like that where you were kind of fighting with with uh, some of the stuff that you saw this year um i'm trying to think what would stand out there i do want to kind of mention that this is the first year i started to really track everything i watched not just that came out this year but that i watched for the first time this year and if I, um, I probably missed some things, but I watched about 170 movies for the first time Oof. in 2022. You spent half the year we, doing that. Yeah, that's not including stuff I watched that I'd already seen, right? Um, a lot of that would have been for this podcast. Um, I do want to mention, before we get into my top 10, that um, probably a movie that would have made my list last year but that couldn't make this year's list because it's technically a 2021 movie is bernadetta or benedetta benedetta i was Um, gonna guess that sorry that um that would have been real close to the top uh Mm -hmm. so that's kind of one of those ones that sort of fell victim to to timing but i wanted to give it a shout out um i also want to mention as far as what i've seen this year um did pretty well on the on the best picture nominations. The only two I haven't seen as of the taping of this episode are Women Talking and All Quiet on the Western Front. I've seen the rest. So you, you can keep that in mind when you hear my top ten if you if you care for context. Uh other than that, I had about twenty-five to thirty movies that I was tracking as the year went along that I thought might be in the conversation for my top 10 that I had to pare down. 
I pared that down to about 17 for my short list, um, or 18, I think, really, for my short list. And then that um, was then pared down to this top 10. So it was hard. It was really hard. Um, at any point in time, those other eight movies were probably jockeying for position at some point in time in the year, but were bumped out by other things. So uh, my criteria... Uh, watchability is certainly part of it, but for me, it's more about what kind of impact the movie had. Um, did I, did it resonate with me? Did it make me feel the feels? Um, and those feels don't necessarily have to be the touchy feely feels. They can be the creeper crawly feels. Or they could um, just be, you're just digging it. Right. You know, um, it has to be well-made. It has to kind of know what it is and succeed (laughs) (laughs) um you know just bare minimum there um that's not to say that all of these movies or any of these movies are perfect i don't think any of the movies in my top 10 are perfect movies um for various reasons but they're the 10 i like the most okay chuck do you have anything to add to that yeah i will say that relationship wise with movies i was looking to have fun this year i think a little bit and my list is going to be skewed on horror probably because that's what's fun for me right now i didn't approach this as a i need to see everything that's going to be nominated i need to see everything you know that's being critically acclaimed i approached it from a this is what i'd like to see right and there are movies in my list that i think both of you probably recommended to me or at least mentioned to me um that showed up last thing i'll say is that the beginning of this year came out with a bang like for me so everything was kind of fighting the early part of the year and the early movies hung around like you'll see it when i talk about my top 10 a lot of the stuff i saw early in the year is still in my list yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I I now that you mention that, yeah, I see it because it's uh you know, oftentimes recency fa- you know kind of starts to favorite or becomes a favorite. Um right. and yeah, that's something that that you kind of have to fight with a little bit. Um I will say that I saw 76 movies on the year um and most of those were in the theater. Um, I I saw things in the theater that typically I wouldn't have gone, but AMCA list, you know, might as well it pays for itself. You know, right? Absolutely. Uh, um, and if they want to sponsor me, I I will continue to say it. Um, but yeah, so it's like I got to see a lot of things, and I went to theaters even if I could have streamed it because of that. So, uh, so again, there's another relationship there that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of part of that a little bit. But um, anyway, um, so we're not going to go through every single movie on all of our top ten list. We have each selected a handful. We'll also talk about what our worst is, um, and we're going to go this kind of like in a rob uh, round robin almost called it a rob round and since uh, like box makes this real easy i saw 66 2022 movies this year there you go. and most of those were at home <laughs> yeah well, wow. you you hate going to the theater so. i don't care for it much yeah no um 
So anyway, um, all right. So um, Jason, you want to sure. talk? You want to get into your list first, and then I'll go second. Sure. So uh, coming in at number ten is something in the dirt. This is um, the latest film from Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, or I like to refer to them as uh, Benson and Hedges. Um, <clears throat> they uh, made this little this little COVID movie, um, you know, in quarantine. That's kind of this love letter to making movies with your friends. And um, it is two people, whole movie, with some talking heads in there at the end. But uh, this, to me, is this, uh, <laughs> it's, I, what I was thinking about what I was going to say about this movie today, and it's kind of nope in a lot of ways, but at the smallest possible scale, hmm. whereas nope is at the largest possible scale, right? IMAX and all of that. But at, this, at the center of it, at the heart of the story, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's, uh, it's trying to capture something spectacular and all that comes with that i've you know the profiteering of that the the getting caught up in the spectacle getting caught up in the nuance of the thing and not being able to see the forest through the trees right um it's also kind of this interesting commentary on QAnon in a lot of ways the way people connect the dots to things that really don't connect at all <laughs> and it's also kind of a fun little playful tongue-in-cheek commentary on, I think, the the filmmakers' movies themselves and their fandom because of all the little, like, intricacies and connections between their movies. It's like um, uh, Fire Walk With Me, the movie, the scene with the Blue Rose scene, which is much derided and much beloved because it's this sort of nonsensical scene where the character is pantomiming this message to David Lynch and it's all in code. And David Lynch is explaining the code to um, Chris Isaac and it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like, why is she even, why are they even communicating this way? Right. And it was David Lynch's kind of way of poking a little bit of fun at Twin Peaks fandom because they're always looking for every little clue to, to see how it connects to the next thing. Right. When, Usually 90% of it is noise. So really, really great little flick. I saw this um, Sundance Festival was online um, this year, and this played Sundance, and I caught it. So it was one of the first movies I saw in uh, in 2022, and it's stuck with me ever since. I'm also – I've also fanboy hard for these guys, so I'm a little bit biased too. <laughs> I laughed real hard at Benson and Hedges, but my <laughs> mic was – <laughs> just wanted to make sure that was known um yeah no that sounds uh sounds fairly interesting i will admit that of the six movies that you're going to talk about jason i saw only two so um we've got some homework <laughs> sure um <laughs> i've already moved on to 2023 uh 2022 is the win now um <laughs> anyway uh no that's uh kind of interesting you bring up uh sundance because sundance is happening right now also exactly, exactly. Um, there is one that i would like to check out this year onyx the fortuitous has his own movie now oh my god 
and you can. Are stream you serious? It as of now, yes, you can stream oh, it fuck if, it, you, if you buy it. Yeah, it's like a twenty buck ticket, but you can stream it as of now. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. No, that's. Uh, yeah. So all right, Jeff, what's your number ten? Well, I'm going to start with number eight. Okay. Because that's, that's weird. The, the, well, okay. that's the first one that I that I pointed out that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, that's the menu. Um, if anybody who listened to the episode I did of this uh, back in November or whatever, uh, I loved it. I, I it's this was a movie that was jockeying for positions late in the year, and it was one that I decided this is the one that I would more likely watch than the one that I had to end up cutting. Um, I saw it twice in the theater, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, so then the, um, yeah, but like the, the whole plot of this movie is sold as this horror movie that Jason, you thought was going to be a, you know, a, 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 a most dangerous game type movie. Yeah. Yeah, I totally did. Um, it is not that at all and probably no. to its benefit. Oh, for sure. Um, because it because it's sold to you in one way, watching it becomes something else. And you did realize you see this one yet, Chuck? The menu? Yes, I did. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we've all seen it. Great. Yeah. And uh, so I started to kind of revel in this black comedy is what it really became. Um, the whole thing with how uh the 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 chef played by ray fines is so commanding of his team it's almost become a cult yeah while also their intense hatred for the people that they serve anybody who's ever worked in a service situation will probably identify with yeah. that yeah um that you know even when you have somebody who loves you as is the case um with um uh nicholas holt the nicholas holt character is such a fanboy of ray fines that it's too late ray fines is gone he doesn't like this kid he doesn't like him in fact, he especially hates him for what you find out is actually going on at this dinner um, because it just shows that this character is a scumbag as well. Um, yeah. And you do identify a little bit with the chef because of all the intensely unlikable people at this restaurant. <laughs> For various yeah. reasons, um, it, the comedy is sharp. Um, I love Hong Chow. She did two performances this year, one of which she got nominated for with The Whale. And this one, I would pretty much watch anything she's in now. Um, she is so perfectly, like, kind of villainous by just existing. My favorite movie. character in the movie, if I can interject, like yes. for sure, is her. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, she is sharp. She is no nonsense. And the way that she takes down, particularly the, the whole table of dude bros. Yeah. Constantly is great. Um, But then there's like there's little visual jokes in it, too. Like when the chef has Tyler, the Nicholas Holt character, 
show off his own prowess. And each time that they served something, there was like a little ex- explanation of what they served and the title of that dish. And yeah. for this one, it said Tyler's bullshit because it's awful. It's just fucking awful. And the chef dresses him down. And it's it's a funny scene, even knowing what happens to that character afterwards. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's heavy. Um, the movie is kind of heavy because it's really sharply funny but it's also kind of conflicting right yeah like there's it's this it's a satire not of not of just like foodie culture but of <laughs> but of chef culture right yeah. and then the interplay between the two because they kind of prop each other up right right mm-hmm. and 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 it's all kind of bullshit and um most chefs that become at the level of ray fines in this is uh they're they're usually kind of building an empire on the backs of indentured servants, right? Yeah, and like and there is an indentured servant attitude here yeah. because they live on this island together. Yeah, they, they are their full existence is to be the chef's people. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It is uh, weird, but but because it, because but all of the them want to be the next him. Exactly. So but they it's, all, it's but all, they're all missing something too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I, this this was right on the cusp. Like this was probably my number eleven. Um, yeah, it was tough one leaving this one off. Chuck, anything, anything you else you need to say about the menu? No, me no no. It's it's great. I, it's it's perfect. Go see it. <laughs> I like this movie quite a bit. The reason it didn't make my list is a lot of telegraphing, and that is just. It is what it is, right? Like for me, I was like, I know exactly where this is going, but the Nicholas Holt character is so astoundingly hateful. Yeah. That it's like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, I just, I did like a lot of the characters, and there's a good, excuse me, I dropped something. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. There is a good character study of almost everyone in this, but also being a service industry person. I was always like, I guess Ray finds is what we want to do to the people that annoy us. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, for it's me, fantasy. it's kind of annoying that he's doing it. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Sorry. no, because, well, I mean, if you're in the service industry, when you see it, you have one opinion, but now you're no longer in that service industry position quite the same way. So, you know, it's, it, it evolves it evolved your opinion of what you know yeah, yeah. if you what, saw what, this what, while what, you were still working at applebee's you probably would have a similar or a different take on it even yeah absolutely it's almost like what is that movie with ryan reynolds um waiting. waiters waiting. waiting like oh yeah it's like a serious kind of version of that in a right. way like the hatred towards clientele and whatever and i i don't want to go too deep into this but like hating your clients who make your living is kind of deplorable to me so well sure well sure. there's yes. there's been a lot made recently of like the michelin system and yeah. the pressure that that brings yeah yeah that it's not necessarily a good thing for anyone right no, it, and no. It's, and it's this circle jerk right that that everybody participates in that really just creates a, a heightened pretension and um classism uh 
and and what but but what I think some of the best moments in that movie for me are how each table reacts to each dish, right? Yes. Right. Because because you you see like a lot of like the sink and fan, you know, like the the Nicholas Holt character is just gobbling up his condiments, whereas the Dubro table are just like where the fuck's the bread, you know? Right. <laughs> and it's perfect. And then you've got uh, Leguizamo. Who's just like, I mean, this is pretty fucking good, but I do wish I had some bread. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just interesting. The 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 play at what the, like before they even realize they're in trouble, the the different sort of levels of foodie culture and why people buy into an experience like that. Right. Unfortunately, I want to ask a question now because I have my answer. What table would you be sitting at if you were if you were brought in here? Which and if that's too much to come up with right now, I'll say while you're thinking, I'm a dude, bro. Unfortunately, I want my fucking bread. I don't know uh, if I'd go to the lengths they do right. in this movie, but they I identify with them in a way <laughs> that's kind of discomforting. <laughs> I would uh, I would kind of know what I'm getting into. Yeah. So I'd probably be more on the level of um, Leguizamo and his assistant. That's, that's where right. I would probably That's probably where I would be, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, fair. I would accept it. But I would kind of grumble, right? But we'd all want to be on your because everybody's joy, a critic, right? right? And I'm definitely yeah. going to be a critic. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Go all ahead. right, Chuck. To you. Yeah. So this happens to be my tenth movie. So I'll just say it at the, at the jump. It's nope. Um, I was. I said earlier that horror was kind of my angle right this year i watched a lot of horror i love horror films it's what i've been doing but i'd also been leading up to this due to the show and for other reasons watching a lot of westerns Mm -hmm. so this movie scratched like every itch in both of those well maybe not every itch for western but it was a nice bonus to have that kind of western aspect of this film it also brought me back to my childhood right it's a it's a Spielberg film yeah. in a lot of ways. It's, you know, I don't, we're going to talk about one of Spielberg's films or we already did. I can't remember um, <laughs> real soon that this movie reminds me of in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, so it's, it's that alien. I'm saying alien. I mean, there's literally an alien, right? But it's that right. alien feeling the whole movie of like something is above you it's, it's kind of literal and figurative in a lot of ways when you watch note because what's actually happening is how you feel yes. right at yeah. least for me um and i think jordan peele executes it phenomenally there's yeah. the weird i almost want to move this film up now that i'm talking about it it's weird how that <laughs> works right um, but there's that whole thing with gordy and the yeah. relationship humans to animals and the relationship of the kid who's with Gordy and the monster later on in the movie. That's just so like, you really have to kind of think about this movie if you want to get it, but you can also watch it and not think about it and have a really fucking good time. Yeah. Like, there's some creepy shit in this movie it that has one of my... nothing. The kids, right? Absolutely. The, in the barn, uh, in the stable, rather that I was, uncomfortable and that goes back to something from my childhood too um i won't really go into it but i mean like there's there's something from another movie that always unsettles me that that movie 
or that nope reminded me of and it's like ah and i was just like seized up you know yeah absolutely and i will say that this is one of the first movies i can remember since the the fifth element is different in a way but the way that this movie was sold totally subverts your expectations so while you're watching it the scene that you're talking about jeff is like oh my god there are little fucking green people yeah that you know what i mean like it totally sells a different version of itself that like really makes the movie work when you think about it afterwards i highly recommend nope and really considering it because i think some people have seen it and have just not gone any deeper than what right. the film shows you yeah, any thoughts from you guys it is a very smart horror sci-fi movie and it is just outside my top 10 list um you have two movies that you're going to talk about that one and another one later that is just outside my top 10 list and um it's a it's yeah the way it's shot the sound the uh, yeah it's beautiful it sounds great everything yeah i mean it is it's it's a movie you need if you could have gone to see it in the theater you really should have Yes. Agree. Hard agree. I that. um, I will go so far as to say is Stephen Yoon was robbed this award season. He got like no consideration from anything that I could see, which is just flat out wrong. He's phenomenal in this movie. Um, this was also my short list. Um, definitely in the consideration. I liked it a lot. I would also say it is the IMAX spectacle of the year. Um, in that regard, I think it's, it beats out for me for certainly beats out avatar for me as IMAX spectacle, like big movie. Um, and in a different way, it beats out top gun for me as spectacle. Uh, I just think it's use of the IMAX screen and those big wide sky shots, you know, in the Valley, like all of that is just, I honestly, I, I can't bring myself to watch this movie at home. I, I don't know. I just can't do it because I know that I'm not going to have the same reaction to it. That's can, can I say something? Yeah. Because that, that is kind of important. Um, I watched this movie with Brinley and she loved it, which would kind of astound me. Like I, I'm like, she's going to like this movie and she's the movie watcher of my two children. But ever since that, she's like, we need to watch. Nope with everyone else we need to watch nope with everyone else like now and i'm like well your mom doesn't want to watch it again and your sibling doesn't want to watch movies very often but she's been pressing it hard so she it it hit with her and i know she's obviously 40 year, or whatever 30 years you're younger doesn't have that same like relationship well make sure when that inevitably plays imax theaters again that you take her to see it i will because- i'll do it I'll do it because so much of the fun of this movie was was looking in one corner of the gigantic screen to see if I could catch a glimpse of whatever's hiding behind the clouds. You know, Um, it's just it was magnificent use of space. I will say I watched this in the theater and I agree with that. And I know IMAX is a different experience, but this is one of the few I'm like, I need to get out for this and see it get out yeah I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well i think uh then that uh, all of us agree uh 
anyway chuck's laughing he's on laughing again muted. Yeah. sorry uh no i i saw uh i don't typically do imax i typically do the um dolby um and that this was one like there was no doubt in my mind this one had to be a dolby and just to get every sound from every direction it was perfect um all right jason i think you're going to talk about number nine on your list yes i am um so this one i would just say this one is to leslie and uh this movie just popped up on my radar in the last couple weeks um it's kind of got an interesting story behind it uh sort of a lot of actors of a-list actors started to kind of rally a campaign for its uh support for um andrea riseborough to be nominated for best actress and uh you don't usually see that a lot like there were people who were winning awards for their performance like kate blanchett for tar who was talking about angela riseborough and to leslie it's like what is going on here and somehow some way everyone thought it would be a little too little too late but it, it did it it made um it made the nomination list for um best actress for for andrea riseborough so i checked this out um a couple days before the nominations and it yeah it it, it floored me um not only is her performance good but it's a really good well-told story it's a uh, kind of like feel good redemption story that you just kind of need every now and then and uh her performance is fantastic but it's not just her either um Allison Janney, as always, is great in it, and it has a really good performance by Mark Maron. Um, I know, I think at least Chuck is a fan of him. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's uh, it's uh, just powerhouse performance. It really, she's just engrossing in it. She carries the whole damn thing for the most part, um, but it's a good movie to boot. So, um, check it out. What? Uh... Oh, uh, first alcohol. time director so, too. I think oh, it's nice. a debut debut um, uh, feature for the director. I hadn't heard of it when you mentioned it, and I looked it up, and I'm like, I need to watch that. Yeah, so, it's. It, I mean, it's one of those movies I can't imagine anyone disliking. It's just, yeah, um, it's hard to watch at times, but you like feel everything she feels. And you're just mad at her, and you're pissed, and you're rooting for her, and it's like she drags you through all of it. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those all-timer performances. It really is. I don't know if it'll be enough for her to win. I don't know how many how many people who vote will actually get to see it, but I think if they do, it'll be hard. To, it'll be hard to to not cast a vote for. Her. Awesome. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, no, I hadn't heard of it until you mentioned anything about it either. So, yeah, it was like completely news to me also. I was like, I never even heard. And apparently it only just came out a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's crazy. And just kind of got this crazy groundswell of support. Like, I don't even know how it happened, but, you know, people who who are, you know, have the, the public uh, microphone, I guess, if you will. You know, have been touting it. And, if you uh, can build that kind of support 
in two months and get a nomination. I mean, that says amongst your peers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It says a lot. It does. It really does. Um, So anyway, yeah, good stuff. Hmm. All right. Um, Yeah. Kick it to yourself, Jeff. Yeah, I'll kick it over to me. Um, (laughs) Like like a hacky sack, just kicking it up straight up to my own foot. Um, I'm going to go to number six on my list. Um, And this is uh this is a feel-good movie um it's it's a movie that it's when i started the day that i was going to go see it some stuff wasn't quite working out the way i wanted it to as far as like some other chores i had to do so i was kind of grumpy and i came in i was like oh fuck now i'm gonna sit here and watch a two two and a half hour movie i hope it don't uh, you know kind of end up reflecting on it and I ended up loving it. It actually changed my mood for the rest of the day. And that is the Fablemans. Um, here is kind of Steven Spielberg kind of going back to, um, you know, I really honestly, after say the second Jurassic Park, he, the types of movies he's made has not been the same largeness they were a little bit more personal or a little bit more like lincoln where it's you know or amistad where it's a little more quote-unquote important um saving private ryan certainly uh comes to mind there too but um but here's this kind of movie that you think is um gonna be this really straightforward and kind of cheesy little family drama but it's it turns out to be a lot more than that and you end up becoming incredibly invested in this family to the point where you kind of hate that it's breaking apart you celebrate it when it's going well you like just about everybody in the family even though there's one person in the family that is very difficult at times to like um and i knew it that one freaking scene that judd hirsch was in i knew he was going to get nominated for an oscar for it and he really is only in like a scene and a half <clears throat> excuse me but um it's just it's one of those movies that makes you feel good and it ends in one of the most delightful final scenes in a movie that i've seen in a long long time um and it has the perfect final shot based on that final scene that i left i mean this sounds hokey as hell but i left the theater smiling because of that and that's what a movie should do and that's what i should expect steven spielberg to do yeah i would argue that um for all of james cameron's posturing that avatar is the movie that is the um the uh you know the the thing the that that is the the I don't know the cinematic draw experience the oh. cinematic experience and all of that yeah like like for all his posturing the Avatar is the thing that that's what people are craving right I wish more people would see the Fablemans because I think that this is the type of movie that people are really craving um, 40, 45 years ago this is the movie that would have been a massive success but we've kind of dulled our experiences with these kind of big tent pole these big giant movies this movie is big in some ways but it's a small story there's you know and it's like it, it's the drama of it 
has a weird spot where it spikes to the climax. And then it, there's like 45 minutes of it just kind of slowly bringing us in for the landing. Um, and because you're so invested, that's it's great. It's just a great experience. It's the reason why I like watching movies, you know. And again, this was also on my short list. Didn't quite make the cut. Again, this is this is a hard year. I gave this four stars on on uh, Letterbox and it didn't make, didn't make my top ten. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, but yeah, no, I uh, it, it's yeah, you're right, Jason. This is what more people should be seeking out and finding in a theater and just sitting I, there in the dark and watching it. I think if there's one movie that can that can take best picture over everything everywhere all at once it's this one um we'll just see what happens in the next you know six weeks you know, all the i politics. think most people feel like it's got um best director in the bag yeah which would then break your cardinal rule. i know but you know what <laughs> i think i think all three of us would be happy if everything everywhere all at once wins sure. but we'll, well, somebody's yeah. going to talk about that in a little bit <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, put put a lid on that. My okay. small note on this movie is I didn't see it. Unfortunately, okay. I wish well, I had. I think you'd like it. I think you'd like yeah, it. A lot. I I think I would too. I'm a I'm a Spielberg fan, as noted when we were talking about Nope. I know this is the other category of Spielberg, yeah. right? But I'm I'm definitely interested. Well, this is also a little bit of a makeup because the one that just missed last year's list was West Side Story. So this one, I you know, this one was solidly in the top ten Good. the moment I saw it. So, Good. yeah, uh, Chuck, why don't you do these next two back to back? Next two back to back. All right. So starting with what is my number eight, um, no, continuing they, the horror theme. Oop. Wait, I thought it was number. I thought you were going to talk about number five. Five. Yeah, four. your 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 asterisk movies not your oh okay my bad i did have eight on there but i'll go to five um yes so pearl and x um again continuing the horror theme that's still true uh these movies couldn't in a lot of ways be more different right like they're extremely different we have a straight up at number four horror film kind of in my opinion almost the slasher it's not a traditional slasher but well it's, it's got it's, the it's the 70s exploitation horror yeah 70s right. exploitation horror which i've been you know addicted to for how many years now right <laughs> so this like that movie scratches an itch that i don't think we get enough of these days at all um we get slashers but they're not in this vein right the exploitation like not that i need nudity in film but nudity has been done away with in horror right not that i need in a lot of ways like a lot of that exploitation aspect of 70s horror is gone um powered by two i think pretty good mia goth performances in this movie um jenna ortega is great like i learned who she was a couple months before i think she's a disney princess maybe she was a disney girl but she's excellent in this movie um actually like both of these movies managed to have wonderful performances from almost everybody 
like people I've never seen before. Um, X being that exploitation movie. Pearl, however, kind of blew me away. And again, I'm questioning the order of my list, right? Because I have <laughs> Pearl at five and X at four. And I think X is at four because it's more my speed, right? right. It's more what I love, kind of. But Pearl, man, it's like if the Wicked Witch got stuck in Oz or in Kansas instead of Dorothy going to Oz, right? Like Mia Goth as a trapped but crazy girl in Kansas, right? And you do have all these allusions to The Wizard of Oz, which is another favorite movie of mine i'll call it a favorite like it's stuck with me forever it's not one i revisit all the time but whenever it was on tv i i watched it we all um, know the the beats of all three of us probably know the beats of wizard of oz without having to actually see it recently yes <laughs> yeah we absolutely. Kinda grew, it's, it's kind of part of our youth you know it's yeah. absolutely yes and this movie plays off that in a big way i think um, Certainly and, with the color, it's so it, like her red. Well, yeah, dress, it's a Technicolor we, film, right? Yeah, it's Technicolor, I mean, right? I don't know if it is. Te- is it Technicolor? Well, I don't Jason? know if it's. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's well, I don't definitely know if shot it, to if they look like it. Use the 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 film process, but but it's shot to look like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mia Goth, my God, her performance, like to me is and jason you mentioned an unassailable performance and mia isn't like to the nth degree the entire movie in this but that scene at the table her little soliloquy and then her end credit scene is like kind of blew me away i was like i don't expect it like on the heels of x where she's good she's good as the old lady she's good as maxine but this i was like holy shit like i can i left that theater like i didn't even know what to say about it i kept telling stephanie like she talked for like two and a half minutes without breaking character without like error (laughs) and like i completely believed her she didn't like she was not mia goth she was her character and a lot of the times i'm like you kind of see through that at least for me so performance wise pearl is just astounding i think both of these movies are top notch and in my top five i wonder um i wonder if that wasn't intended to be a winner but you know they had camera a and camera b set up and generally you know you just do the scene and if you need to cut you cut but i think they got that i really feel like it was a it was just mia goth being like i'm just nailing this thing and then they looked at it they're like yeah we're not cutting this up you know i mean you can't you can't after having seen it if you cut that shit up you're doing a major disservice to what right mia did yeah absolutely but a lot Uh, of times you know that's kind of what you do right um you know you've got your over the shoulder you know reaction shots all of that but yeah well and sometimes that's just because you can't get one clean shot of a of an entire speech i mean that 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 is multiple pages of a script yeah yeah Yeah. i mean uh, uh, imagine reading a book for two and a half pages even if you read it 40 times closing the book and then repeating it back with emotion to somebody that's impossible 
for most of us, <laughs> uh, right? For all three of us, I'm sure. But I mean, that's exactly what that is. I mean, it's just it's yeah. Um, I know that X and Pearl we cheated, Jason. Yeah, and Je- both- Jeff and I cheated. We ranked them together. Yes, yeah. and we but ranked them in the same slot. <laughs> Yeah, we both put them in number seven. Um, Interesting. Pearl to me is the more interesting movie just because of it's this kind of it's like a dream, but it's also a, a horrific reality. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm on board with both of these movies for two very different reasons, and. One thing I would say about X is that I've seen a lot of movies, particularly in my other gig over at B-Movie Anima, where a movie goes way over the top trying to look and feel and act mm-hmm. like a 70s or an 80s movie. Um, they go over the top with making sure that uh, that that film looks used and beat up and it pops and it scratches and it jumps and it does all of this stuff that while it can do that it's you better make it look like you shot it on film because otherwise you're adding a film effect to a digital uh uh, presentation and it becomes distracting um and it's um you just have to be kind of careful with some of that stuff and and everybody has the uh has the notion to go over the top with it um you know it's like yeah this is going to look like a vhs movie or it's going to look like you went to a a shitty uh 42nd street uh grindhouse place or something it doesn't have to x doesn't do that but it still looks grimy and dirty and broken and and grainy and all of that stuff and it becomes so good at that that you just think you're watching film again. Um, I mean, it felt it felt more like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie than yeah the the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. <laughs> Agree. And guess um, what? That I didn't did. pick that one as my as yeah. my least favorite movie of the year. That was on my short list, guys. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I I had fun with that movie, but me too. I, it's not going to be anywhere near my list. Um, I what was I gonna say? I, I well I, I I it's hard to just not even talk about the the pure creative like gumption of Ty West and Mia Goth, right? I mean, Pearl just kind of sprang up as a byproduct of X, right? And it was like they sh- I think they they wrote it in two weeks. They're like we have all these locations, we have all these props, all these costumes. Let's just make another fucking movie like the old roger corman spirit right um and it, and it arguably made a better movie than the movie they set out to make that's crazy yeah um although the one thing that pearl doesn't have is the hilarious um silhouette of kid cuddy's ex- extremely large dong <laughs> <laughs> he's fantastic and he he's like, really good yeah he, he really sells good. that 70s aesthetic really well <laughs> it really does um well, you also mentioned um, what's her name? Uh, Jenna Ortega. Ex- Jenna Ortega. I mean, she just blew up. 
She's yeah, Wednesday I, Adams. I saw 76 movies last year. She was in 73 of them. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, yeah, she had a one hell of a year. She started with X and she ended it with Wednesday. Well, no, she had um, Scream first. She had Scream. And Scream, first, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to see she's going to be back here again in a few weeks or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Oh, for what? The new Scream? Yeah. Scream 6. Yes. Scream 6. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I um, wholeheartedly agree with those picks. And you're right. We did skip one of yours. I don't know why we didn't do that one first, but we'll get there. It's all right. I'll talk about it. It's my mistake in the in the asterisking. Oh, gotcha. All right. Who's um, all right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll come back around to that. Um, uh, it's you, Jason. Uh, tell us what your number five of the year was. Uh, my number five of the year was. Or no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Number eight. Sorry. Number sorry. eight. Number, oh, yeah. yes. I, my I, number I eight. My number eight was after Yang. Um, this is one that I missed when it came out. It played can in 2021, but it was officially released by A24 in 2022. Um, I think this kind of got in my radar after I saw Banshees of Inisherin because of Colin Farrell. And I was like, oh, what is this movie after Yang? And then I looked and I saw that it was directed by uh, Koganada, who directed one of my favorites of the year in 2017, Columbus. Hmm. In fact, Columbus might have been a top three for me that year. Um, God, it's a great movie. Um, so I was like, gotta see this. So rented it because it's really hard to stream. Um, I think it's like a Showtime exclusive or something, but absolutely floored me. It's just this quiet, peaceful, nice, introspective movie that doesn't demand too much of you, but demands enough right like you're it's a very meditative film almost to the point of being lyrical but it has a very good driving through lines you know story to keep you going from point a to point b but it's got a lot to say in um in a lot of quiet ways um particularly about the the role of technology in our lives right the future of ai and what that looks like, um, what the what makes a family, right? What um, all families just come in like totally different shapes, sizes, mentalities, backgrounds, um, and they're all kind of, for better or worse, you know, in this thing together, right? Um, and this just kind of focuses on one of those stories in this futuristic world that doesn't really feel that far off. Right. Um, but it's basically about this family who has a, an Android, um, who they bought as a friend for their daughter. Colin Farrell is married to an African American woman and they have an adopted Asian daughter and to teach their Asian daughter about her culture, they buy an Asian Android, right. Who, who gives her like, Asian fact of the day kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so it's this commentary also on what it means to be of a certain culture, but not of that culture, right? Um, there's a line in this movie that absolutely devastates me. Um, there's a character who 
Yang is the android who falls in love with this girl. And you find out she's a clone. So there's that whole angle too, is like this, what makes humanity, right? And she asks Yang, she's like, do you ever um, worry or feel that you're not human enough? Or do you question your humanity? And he said, no, but I find myself often questioning what it means to be Asian. It's like, holy hell, Hmm. like that just like, it's like his identity as an android because he's supposed to be this ambassador of the culture for this little girl and neither one of them have any real connection to it. So it's, uh, there's just a lot going on and it makes me emotional. I might've weeped at the end of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's also, I I think the best opening scene of any movie I saw this year. Um, Right. Chuck, Chuck. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, you watched this Chuck. What did you think? I'm almost afraid to talk about it, and here's why. And it might have missed my list because I'm afraid to talk about it. There is a notion of acceptance, like, thread all throughout this movie, right? Like, the acceptance of clones and the neighbors disliking the clone kid, or Colin Farrell disliking the clone kids. And there's a lot that hits home with me that I cannot talk about sure um that it it re this movie really resonated with me yeah but but it's also it almost hurt too much (laughs) to make it like a a favorite of the year but i think it's a wonderfully made movie it is heartfelt yeah it does examine things like you said in a very quiet way like the whole scene with yang and Colin Farrell talking about tea. Oh. That almost made. I mean, that, not almost. It made me cry. I, I mean, was I'm just tearing like, up right now. I'm not. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a it's an astounding <laughs> film, and yeah. I would say anyone should probably watch it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And, and Haley Lou Richardson, I just want to say, might be my favorite working actress today. She was the lead in Columbus. She's in this movie as well. She was recently in the new episode of or the new season of White Lotus. I love her. Um, oh yeah, she's great. She's great. Love her so much. Does yeah. this actually take place in the future of Columbus, Indiana? Ah, <laughs> I mean, it could. Yeah, very, very easily. The architecture. It's interesting. The architecture is already yeah. weird in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really do like how they handle the future in a historic, not historic, but whatever. Like everything's come around to an older style right like pre pre pre-internet style or pre technology style but technology is still just kind of there like people watch movies and glasses yeah and stuff like it like enough of what we know is there but it's also like futile almost in a way is the way i would describe it yeah yeah it's kind of interesting i haven't watched this but just hearing what you're saying about it this is kind of our future coming it's there's going to be you know things don't end after we figure out the questions that we have today about society no actually not come along it's going to be clones or it's going to be ai or it's going to be you know i mean this is what happens before firefly really yeah (laughs) i um i i love the one sentence reviews for movies and letterbox it's like one of my favorite things and my favorite one for this movie and this will only make sense if you've seen it. 
but it's so funny. It's the future is robots programmed to introduce children to Mitski. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. That's, That's funny. funny. Um, all right. That's after Yang. Go see it. Really go see it. I mean, it's it's just a nice movie. And it's a movie you can you can sit and watch with your family. Um, and I think everyone will get something out of it. Agree. All right. Well, we're going to go from a quiet, subdued movie to the loudest fucking movie of the year. My number four movie, <laughs> motherfucking Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Taking it to the danger zone, bitches. Uh, <laughs> fucking drinking beer and, I don't know, probably playing some football on the beach. Anyway, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Again, much like the Fablemans, this is why I go to the movies. Um, again, it was another one where it was like, you know, I'm going to see it in the, uh, in the, in the Dolby. So, like, your seats are rattling in this type of movie. Um, I don't think that this is just some sort of, you know, cynical cash in on a, a known property. There is a lot of heart in this movie. And I was bowled over by Tom Cruise actually acting like an adult. It would have been very easy for him, especially after that first scene, for him to play that cocky maverick character over and over and over again. But even in the opening scene, he seems a little older. He seems a little more wise. He seems um, more after actually trying to do something important, which kind of tips the hat a little bit to something that really hits home in two different ways in my experience of seeing this movie one of course is the scene with val kilmer where these guys are dealing with practically almost 40 years of their relationship and how it's grown and how it's going to end um but when I saw the movie, it was one of those experiences where you go to the AMC, you sit down, you go to the big presentation version of it, which is the which is the Dolby that costs more than the IMAX uh, for some of these movies like this. And Tom Cruise comes on screen and welcomes you. And it's like <laughs> we really we really did a lot for this. And we hope you enjoy the hard work. And you don't normally see Tom Cruise sans filter. Dude's looking old. And yeah. you start to realize that this is a movie about getting older and trying to be trying to finally achieve the promise that he was supposed to have. And I think this movie nails that left, right, up and down and center. Um, because yes, there is this kind of push and pull with these young kids and freaking uh, guy from scream King, the Queens, um, Chad Radwell. Chad Radwell is perfectly <laughs> cast in this, uh, but the but the fact that <laughs> Chuck is dying on me. I, I, uh, we I, love I have Chad to Radwell. say, I love Chad Radwell so much. <laughs> I was in Dickies. Uh, I can't even remember what the whole thing is called. But go ahead, yeah. Chad Radwell. He's good in this too. Yeah, Very he good is. In this. And um, you know, of course, this is a you know this is a legacy type of movie. So of course, there's going to be an Iceman and Maverick um, 
Miles Teller and Chad Radwell uh, push and pull in this. But there's also the relationship between the Miles Teller and Tom Cruise character that the it could. I mean, Tom Cruise, his character is literally going to sacrifice himself for this kid. And the kid doesn't just let his anger take, you know, they, they have to work together. They have to understand each other. It's a different type of movie than the original Top Gun. And it is. I mean, there are some exhilarating shots in this movie. Um, I mean, and just to think that these people were in those planes getting their faces filmed at while they're going <laughs> to pass out. I would have passed out. And- this is this is another movie I'm afraid to watch at home. <laughs> like, I saw this in the IMAX, and it was just, yeah, it's fucking outstanding. It's probably one, the, the best or second best, according to me, technical movie of the year. Um, I think the reason why it's not on my list is because another movie that was very technical, I liked better. But man, I did dig this movie. I walked out of this movie exhilarated. It was more like way more fucking people cheered at the end of this movie than at Avatar. Like it was crickets in a sold out IMAX theater for Avatar at the end of that movie. End of Top Gun, it was like a round of applause. Like it's like the filmmakers aren't here, people, but they're right, here. Right, right. <laughs> well, this is the type of movie also that that this breaks kind of a mold that I don't really want to go into this too much, but this is a time where every single fucking piece of entertainment or media is getting one side excited and the other side hates it. Now you can say whatever side that is, and it depends on what the movie is or what the piece of media is They're They're, they're charging at each other to talk about it being woke or talk about it being just great because it is so um, generally uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not accepting, but, but you know, it, it, it has all these different kind of perspectives and these different um, angles that is coming from. This is one that broke through that and just about everybody who saw it, will like it at the very least if not absolutely positively love it and sometimes those are the things that that kind of crack the 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 surface a little bit to to kind of maybe get people to shut the fuck up about some stuff i mean this to me is the perfect popcorn movie yeah and um and to me it's it's the movie that brought people back to the theater after covid yeah absolutely um and it will be significantly it will be looked upon in a significant way in history because of that yeah chuck i think two two things to to piggyback on your earlier statement this movie didn't try to use any political or any kind of stand it did not try to polarize anybody it just went for what it had which is which is hollywood is kind of culpable in that too like two movies i really like like knives out and glass onion to bring in another 2022 film was like why do we get a needle this shit i know you're representing 
both sides, but let's not needle it. Right. Right. And this movie was like, fucking have fun. Yeah. And this, yeah. this ended up right on the outside of my yeah. list. Um, it's just fun. It's just good. It's a little stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> well, but it's, yeah, I mean, it is, but at the same time, you don't point, have again, to defend it's, its stupidity. They no, dropped two men into the middle of Russia and they stole sure. a plane. Like, come <laughs> sure. on. It's, yeah. it's a lot stupid, but it's <laughs> yeah. stupid. Like those eighties movies that we loved were stupid, you know, yes. but, but yes. it's not, but it's <laughs> and more not, well done in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, but it's not waving at you at the camera saying this was the eighties, you know, or it's right, doing all right, the same right. things. Um, it can, it, again, this is the pastiche thing. Um, we talk about that here in a few weeks uh, where we talk about a, a movie that is being developed into a TV show and we're concerned about the direction it's going to go. <laughs> right. But this is the pastiche side of it where it's like this can be a sequel and it can be a legacy movie and it can be uh, it, it can kind of ape off of itself a little bit, but it's not going to p- draw attention to any of those things. It's just going to tell a story. Yeah. But it also it also like you talk about pastiche, which I get, but it also almost remakes some of its own scenes from the original and expands upon them. Yeah. I mean, this is to me, Maverick is a better movie than the first Top Gun. I don't know if I agree with that, but I will say this. The last thing I'd like to say in this, the scene with Val Kilmer, because I had watched Val recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The scene with Val Kilmer and. I'll just say Tom Cruise. It's not even Maverick, Maverick in that scene. It's those two men mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. having a moment. Sure. Is really just kind of nice. Yeah. Right? And it's like, mature too. That's the best part of that. But I, I feel like it's just them. Yeah. I don't feel like they're acting. No, in that yeah. no, no, okay. I agree. I mean, it's, it's two guys who've known each other for 30 plus years. They're getting together, you know, having a scene and there's a weight to it, but it also is nice. You know, it's very and, nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. There's a leaven um, to it. I mean, Val Kilmer's cracking jokes in it. You know, but yeah. it's, um, but but it's heavy too, and and it really drives home a point that yep. these characters have grown up and things have happened. But um, I also think it's a better movie than the original, um, because I think it has a, the emotional weight yeah. that the first movie doesn't have, and thematically, it's stronger film. Um, it also benefits heavily from being uh, Star Wars: New Hope. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys are forgetting when Goose died for the first time, though. Oh, that I was good. Yeah, that that was like it's heavy. It's heavier than anything that happens in this movie. It is by right. a lot. That is that is a super heavy heavy moment. But but it it kind of it does, the move that movie doesn't allow the character to take time with his growth, right? No, he just gets on a motorcycle. Yeah. I, I yeah. get that. It's yeah, like, I get it's, like it's like yeah. uh, Footloose angry dancing away, but he angry motorcycles away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's a lead uh, foot instead but, but, of Footloose. But, but, Sorry. But, but, but that has to happen in the first movie for a lot of absolutely to exist. Because a lot of that, because this movie is entirely written around that and how it affected Tom Cruise. And he's, yeah, he still feels the need for speed and can't live without it. But he also is no longer reckless to those around him. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chuck. Well you want to do the one that we uh, that we that we passed up that I had a goof on. Yeah, sorry. This is a bit of a foible on my part and how well, I listen no, this, to my movies, but this also kind of puts a nice little bow on your horror 
Thanks. It does. Um, another horror film in one that for the first half is is more thriller in a lot of ways. Um, Barbarian. Yeah. Um, it. So Jason recommended this to me. And I think, Jeff, you may have seen it in the theater, too. And Jeff, I Jason saw it just kept, after Jason did, yeah. Yeah, and the overriding note, and this is funny because you've mentioned this a lot, Jason, during this episode, like, I would hesitate to not see or I'm afraid to see this at home, right? Yeah. Barbarian, Top Gun, um, a couple other... Those two in particular, Barbarian and Top Gun, are films I would like to have seen in the theater for sure. Right. But definitely translated at home. Oh, Barbarian. For sure. Barbarian Bar- for sure does. Yeah. Barbarian and like the atmosphere. I'd love to have those, you know, all that shit coming from the side of me while I'm focusing. Yeah. But it is masterful in its subversion yeah. of character. Uh, or not character, actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you have two characters, one of which who's scary all the fucking time, and one of which one of which you love all the time as an actor, being totally played against you, right? Oh yeah. And I don't want to go too far into the story here because I'm not sure how many people I know people have seen Barbarian, but I don't want to ruin it because it's it's moments that make it great need to surprise you yeah right yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those movies like i will watch it again but it's one on my list jeff where i i think the experience will be lessened by a repeat viewing because i won't be as shocked that's almost saying too much right well, like, yeah. like people are gonna wait to be uh, shocked i would almost argue that this is the type of movie where you start to see other things like maybe, yeah. you know, because the first time you saw it, you were shocked and you had a reaction. You had a gut reaction. Absolutely. But maybe the second time may expand on other things to where you see, oh, now I can pull back layers now. Yeah, this. I don't have to pay attention like in The Usual Suspects, which is one of my favorite right. movies ever. I know what the twist is. I can watch all the periphery right right yep which is great and this movie actually has some very comedic stuff in it which is oh kind of wild for the measuring the rooms we got a huge <laughs> laugh it's out of me really oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a movie that uses new like I don't know. You're talking about like taking Fountain Square in Indianapolis and turning it into a paradise, right? right. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And you find the stairwell that just goes forever. And you're like, oh, I can charge for this shit. It's, <laughs> right. it's fucking wonderful. But the scares and the actual, what it's trying to say about gentrification just in general mm-hmm. is very powerful stuff. Um, and it's done in a, like you it's one of those movies you almost feel bad for the one of the bad guys right like well, yeah sure uh <laughs> certainly a, for a... the yes for the quote-unquote um i'll just say it, monster for the monster yeah. of this movie the monster is the least of the monsters in a lot of ways exactly yeah. and the movie is also very good at, at making you watch it kind of like this where you can't see the periphery and it's done uh-huh. in an excellent way at nighttime, you can't see what's around this perfect little house. And right. And the morning comes and you're like, fuck, 
why would you stay here? Why would you be here you know, right. in, in a normal situation? Because it, it looks like a fucking war zone. But you didn't see that because everything is focused on the weird stuff happening right in front of your face or the weird character that is in this house that is the whole trailer, but then is not yeah, what it's, think it is. <laughs> it's funny, and I'll kick this to you in a, in a moment, Jason. I went to an area of Indianapolis last night where it feels like they just, it's almost like Sim City. They just dropped in a nice area. Yeah. Right. Without worrying about everything else that's around it and worrying about. And I don't I'm not being judgmental of the people who live there, or the homes that they have. But it's like, OK, now all of a sudden all the roads are brick and everything around it is, is like right. destroyed. That's kind of what this movie was saying. But go, well, Jason, and, and unfortunately, and just to really quick before I yeah, sorry, sure. Jason. Sorry. Real quick. Um, but something <laughs> no, like that, though. No, can't get a word in edgewise though, this one. but but something like that though also portends a very dark thing that yeah, one absolutely. nice little thing is going to push all of those other people out Just right that, dropping that one little nice part is going to kill everything else around and those people are going to be busted on their ass you know it's and, well, it's well done in that portrayal for well sure. i'm talking about what you were talking about like yes the, but it's in this movie too it, it's absolutely with the absolutely. airbnb being yep. like yep all right jason sorry <laughs> okay i was gonna say <laughs> that now that we've said a lot of things about it this is probably the the movie of 2022 that the less you know the better <laughs> yes well no that, yeah um it's also the 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 movie of 2022 that you want to watch with someone who hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what those movies are like, right? And you're just keep looking over. Yes. Looking over, keep looking to see how they're reacting. How are they, how are they hanging in? Like, <laughs> cause I saw this in the theater by myself and I will say, I've not felt the way I felt watching a horror movie in a theater since probably the first scream, specifically hmm. that first act. Yeah. Um, and then watching it at home with with Susan <laughs> and getting to see her reactions to things while also kind of getting like kind of seeing the periphery, right? Like Jeff said, while while knowing what's going to happen is very enriching. It, it's it's got it was kind of amazing how how much I liked this movie. And again, this was on my short list, didn't quite make it, but I liked it a whole whole lot. Um, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So let's, um, let, let's talk about some bad stuff before we get to our last three. Uh, <laughs> okay. As, as we, uh, I know, uh, Chuck, you and I are going to give our top threes. Jason is kind of doing, uh, um, prime numbers. Um, yeah. One, yeah. one, three, and five. Um, and he's going to get to say a little bit about his number two as well. His number, his number two. Um, it's 10 200 it's 10 200 yeah um so yes um jason okay i'll do i'll do my worst first okay um god i really struggle with this one because you can go a lot of different ways right and you could go with like the worst made movie and or the worst made movie that looks better than it should but it's still crap 
or just the movie that you had the most negative reaction to, which is kind of what I picked this year. I really, I was real close to picking the wreck one. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> um, like it is every, like, if you want to do everything wrong in a shark movie, then you make the wreck one. It's, it's shit. But, um, but I'm my pick for the worst movie of the year is smile. This movie is just absolutely. I mean, look, it, this is actually a well-made movie. It's incredibly derivative of a lot of different horror plots, but that's not why I don't like it. It is just so punishingly cruel to its main character. And it's like turning trauma into enjoyment. Like there were a lot of movies this year that dealt with trauma specifically to women. Um, but this was the one that that really just made me feel gross watching it because I might I almost it almost like makes you feel complicit in their in their pain and their anguish and I just I just really just felt bad about the whole affair um, and to turn like suicide into a horror gimmick just really pissed me off um, so yeah smile fuck you you're the worst movie of 2022 wow there you go jeff can i go because i'm i'm going to i'm I'm going to echo some sentiments here um (laughs) and i'll and i'll go beyond that bullshit because this movie did piss me off maybe not to the same extent it pissed you off jason but i'm in the same boat but we had like you mentioned again we'd seen a lot of women trauma yeah and one of the things that annoyed me most maybe why resurrection which i really liked yeah didn't make my list is that there were so many movies this year where women weren't able to articulate the danger yeah they were in or articulate the their understanding of their own danger right right like smile in particular this woman had files upon files upon files of proof of this we'll bring up it follows she's a fucking doctor you know i mean jesus christ and i get being traumatized and not being able to articulate or not being able to gather your thoughts but she she took rides to her sister's house where she could gather all of her thoughts and then be like hey look listen here's this thing (laughs) she can do it and it's it's a very like contrived way to push horror that i just don't care for so they made her like top the, the, of, the hysterical woman yeah you know that yes. trope it's it was oh it's just oh it's so it pissed me off so much yeah um, i'm with you and i didn't yeah no i'm with you i did not enjoy that you know you experience. know you know what's interesting the 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 nobody believes the woman trope worked fucking perfectly in barbarian like absolutely yeah, to a t like that was the perfect execution of that trope because you know it why? was because it was the piece of shit cops right yes and, and and because you know they were like oh we've better things to do than listen to who we perceive as a raving crackhead right, right? because it didn't it didn't rely on her inability it right. relied on the other people's un um 
unwillingness unwillingness to yeah to listen yeah and that is very important yeah absolutely yeah all right so so what, i'm glad i'm gotta purge that that's been, so, so you both that's been smile. that's been like really just yeah. like okay. oh i can i can never talk about that movie ever again it's great okay there, well you got it all out so there yeah. you go <laughs> um so when you go see 76 movies damn that's insane and i mean some of them i watched at home and some you know there are some movies that you see like the king's daughter which is like um kicking a puppy when it's missing a leg you know it's like like it's well no but i mean but the thing is it's like it's a bad movie it's but it was also a movie that was made eight years ago or something you know and it's right trick it just it just kind of farted out into the theaters right and it's like uh you kind of feel bad for it after a while it's like nah don't kick that puppy that's missing a <laughs> you know? um but then you get to see movies that are truly bad like moonfall that are gloriously bad and i think i saw those two movies back to back as a matter of fact uh which is amazing um, I hated Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I started Blonde, and I had to shut it off after like forty-five minutes. I, just I did too, by the way. Yeah, um, and so those are movies that are truly not good, and and truly not. Most of those are not my speed. Moonfall is absolutely my speed, um, and I love every stupid minute of that movie. But then there were a couple of movies that I saw in the in the theater that were big time big budget highly 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 advertised put on the shirts put on to you know cross promotion put on the toy aisles and everything and they both talk about something that farts out into the into the theater this is like a wet fart all over the screen <laughs> one of those movies was lightyear and Lightyear was so so dead on arrival that it's like, why did they even try to make this movie? And what made that movie so bad? And this isn't even my my worst pick here. But what makes are you that, kidding? <laughs> what makes that so bad is that it is a movie that tells you at the front, this is the movie that the little kid in Toy Story went and saw went and saw in 1995. Now I'm sitting here thinking, I'm watching a 1995 movie and I'm watching things play out and I'm like. This is nothing like that. So that kind of sucked, but that does not take the cake. No. Um, in one of the biggest cases of cinematic blue balls that have ever existed <laughs> comes Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, my God, Jeff. Because the Jurassic World, or the Jurassic franchise can eat my butt in general. You have one great movie, the first one. Then the sequel, it's like, oh, my God, look, these dinosaurs got to San Diego. <laughs> That's a fun movie. The second one is fun, but it's not good. But then it never delivers on the promise of now we have these dinosaurs in, in San Diego, right? True. What's the third right. one do? Go back to the fucking island. Yeah. Then you have Jurassic World. Now, I'm going to give Jurassic World a big old pass. I thought that was stupid ass fun. And I enjoyed it. That's the first Chris Pratt, right? Yes. Yes. I enjoyed that as well. Okay. Yes, I enjoyed it. The second one is a big old pile of donkey shit. I can't even remember it. 
Well, no, here's remember. there's only one thing you need to remember. Stupid clone girl who's annoying as fuck oh, lets God. all of the dinosaurs out she to dooms kill. dooms all of humanity. Yeah. Dooms all of humanity. So <laughs> here comes the blue balls part. Yeah. Okay. So now Jurassic That's the one where they auction them, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's such a stupid movie. Yeah, yeah it is. It is so stupid. In the end, I remember seeing that. Um, former guest on the show, Kelsey. <laughs> we sat there and the movie ended and we were like, like our jaws were open like, she just killed everyone. She just fucking <laughs> killed the world. I was kind of metal, you know? Yeah. Well, but it was also stupid fucking annoying. And so <laughs> then they take that one character and turn her up to like 13 in this new one. So that's Chastain, right? Or not Chastain. No, it's the Crazy. one it's that, that it's girl, the little girl, girl. That trying to protect. The little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is no character in this nope. movie. It is Bryce is, Dallas Howard. Right. My she bad. Is, she has zero character in this movie. So you do the um, same thing, the Bryce Dallas Howard, Jessica Chastain, that oh, age-old yeah. dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tears me up. Chris Pratt. <laughs> age-old dilemma. Go ahead, Jeff, sorry. Um, Chris Pratt is a non-factor whatsoever in this fucking movie. I mean, if I ever see somebody hold out their hand at a dinosaur again, I am going to seriously take a shit on that person. Well, like hand hand out to feed them or hand out to stop them? The, the, the yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop. I will literally drop my fucking pants and shit on them. I'm so sick of that. The the old characters from the first movie. Why are they here? They do nothing. They, they do nothing they, but to have all six of them in one shot for a fucking trailer. The, the um, old characters were the best part of this movie, but they had the They the, were shit too, though. They had the least interesting things to do. <laughs> they were utter shit. Um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is is just trolling this movie all the way through. So I give him props for at least understanding that he's in shit. Um, so wait, wait, wait. If I can stop you, I know you have a point to make. But do you think Jeff Goldblum was literally in this movie like, I'm in a shit movie, I'm going to exploit yes. it? Yes. Okay. Fair. I haven't watched it because I, I think, quit watching the other one, and I'm enough. like, no time for this shit. Go he ahead. cashed that check, and he was like, yeah, uh, He's, he's okay. hamming it up. He's Yo, good he for is. him. Good yeah. for him 100%. But you Absolutely. know what? It works because it fits his stupid character. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, it does. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, but here we go. A movie that is supposed to deal with the ramifications. It's in the fucking title, Dominion, to, to deal with what happened at the end of the second one. And we have one scene where dinosaurs are running wild in Cyprus, is it? I think that's where they're at. I don't fucking know. And I don't fucking care. And I know I was in, in trouble when I look over at one point to the stranger sitting next to me. And he pulls out his phone and he's flipping through it while the dinosaurs are running across the street in fucking Cyprus. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, so now this brings me to my big point why this is the worst movie I saw last year. Because I saw that movie in a crowded theater and that guy still sitting next to me, flipping through his phone, checking his watch to see what time it was halfway through the movie, liked it. He liked How do you the know? movie. How do you know? Because uh, he, he was like, uh, there was something. Uh, there was something else that happened. I don't remember if he was there with somebody else or whatever. But he he ended up reacting positively to the end of the movie, or at the end of the movie. And I'm like, 
Jesus Christ, I wish dinosaurs would come along and just end us now because this is just going to keep happening. In five more years, there'll be Jurassic Galaxy or something. There'll be fucking stupid dinosaurs on the moon or something. Yes, dinosaurs in space. They're oh, going to fuck it up be because awesome. you know I haven't no, done no, that yet. Because here's what's going to happen they will never get to the fucking moon they'll still be on that fucking island and they're and they'll never actually show fucking dinosaurs running wild on the moon because they can't ever deliver on their promises cinematic blue balls it's the worst movie of 2022 it's okay it's bad there's one there's one thing that was a stroke of genius though is is that jeff goldblum's character is kind of like a a corporate guru oh yeah uh, futurist right? right And that's fucking funny because that's exactly what that guy would be, like this futurist fraud that people like. Like he's basically holding holding these these self important lectures. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> and, and the people on this on the campus of this as of that's kind of like Google esque tech company are just like eat up everything he says. It's it's pretty good, but yeah, the rest of the movie is shit. <laughs> I don't want to belabor this because I haven't seen it and I will not give it any of my time. But I am curious. Because there's a reason for this question. How old was this man who was looking at his phone and gave it a positive kind of thing? Um, you don't have to know his exact age, but is he I in would our say time range or no, younger? He's he was no 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 more than thirty, I would say. Okay. So I'm these worried. movies are gonna be coming out for another twenty fucking years. No, I'm just worried about the future of cinema in general because I see I'm my sorry, children he, I yeah, I'm sorry. I, he wasn't looking at his phone. He had an Apple Watch, and he kept turning it, and it would show him. So he was kept checking the fucking time multiple times. Hey, he could have any reason for that, but yeah, okay. Fucking well, hell. I can. This movie made a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, yeah. That's why there's going to be a Jurassic chart. Jurassic shark. <laughs> Jura- Never mind. I'm it's, done. It's a Jurassic shark, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a big old Jurassic, Jurassic Rubber Chucky. I can't wait for that one. Is yeah. it possible that Colin Trevorrow just sucks? Like he made um, Safety Not Guaranteed, and he hasn't made anything. Is that the Mark since. Duplass movie? Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. And he hasn't made really anything good since, other than giving Jurassic World a pass. But- I think I think sometimes people shouldn't be given large scale movies and should be given more person to person movies. But you might be right. Maybe but this is just a script sucks. issue too. I mean, the the last two Jurassic World or Jurassic World movies scripts just sucked. Yeah. And this one didn't know what it wanted to be. Right. Is it World War Z? Is it Mission Impossible? Is it what the fuck is it? Yeah, and yeah. I don't yeah. know what I don't really know what those giant locusts were all about. Yeah, yeah I do. The Good Earth. Well, it was like it was it was supposedly it was to like uh control the something with the the food population or whatever like and the it got out of control or something and it got out of control and yeah I don't know but but then dinosaurs dinosaurs uh, sure. uh, yeah, but they don't connect those two dots it's just no. it's it's just infuriating ah, forget it forget anyway, it forget it it's Don, um yeah Don. i mean imagine it, yeah anyway fuck it forget Don. it forget it Don. jason talk about your fifth uh your uh, fifth what? best movie of the year. is this chuck have a worst of the year or no no he didn't you say it was oh i wouldn't smile with you but oh yeah. you you agreed okay i gotcha yeah, he, he, yeah. cool yeah Fair enough. Um, it deserves it. I spent um, way too much time on that fucking draft. You talked a lot on that. <laughs> you had like seven movies you wanted I to talk about. I took a break. Um, yeah. Jason went 10-100 while you were yeah, talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number five 
is Athena. So this is a weird one. Um, all right. So this was uh, Costa Gravis, the, the the guy who made the movie Z mm-hmm. back in the day, um, kind of a political filmmaker. This was made by his son. And um, it's kind of a gimmick movie. It takes place in a fictional French neighborhood called Athena. And it's kind of playing a little bit on the, uh, the, the tensions between you know, the lower class minorities and, um, and police authority, right? Uh, what's happened is this boy has been uh, killed by cops, presumably. There's video of of cops. They're not. They haven't been identified, but they've been. Um, but it's it's you know it looks like it's cops that's killed this little boy, and and this little boy is the brother of two other men, one who is kind of a a leader in his neighborhood in Athena this lower class neighborhood and the other brother, the older brother is a cop. So it creates kind of a, this Is shape. he a cop or is he a, um, like a, like a, like a soldier? He's pretty sure he's a, 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 a cop. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. He was just in his dresses. Um, right. He yeah, was in his, yeah, yeah, his yeah, like yeah. police uniform. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. At the beginning. But, um, it, it, it sets up this Shakespearean tale, right, of brother against brother, uh, you know, trying to do what's best to get justice for their dead younger brother, right? Um, it's got some powerful scenes, the stuff between the two brothers. What I really love about this movie is how, how it sets everything up. The dynamic of this movie is all is all there in, like, the first 10 minutes. It's like, okay, that's this is the movie, and it's just this this immovable object for you know the next two hours the gimmick is that it's um it's constructed in several one-shot takes now the whole movie isn't it's not it's not set up to like look like birdman where it's all looks like one take where they kind of hide cuts they do have moments in between long takes where it's traditionally shot you know camera a and b kind of stuff um, they don't try to to go too far with that. They still want to make sure they tell the story effectively. But those one take shots are absolutely engrossing, particularly the very first shot. Like if if uh, I said probably after Yang has the best opening of a movie all year, that's probably not quite right. The opening shot to Athena is one of the most spectacular things I've seen in my life. So spectacular that I was sure they faked it, (laughs) that there was no way in hell that this was an actual one take shot. I had to watch the behind the scenes to see how they did it. And, and I was like blown away by, by how they pulled this thing off. So then you watch it again. You're like, yeah, they're not faking any of this. And and yes, it's it's like this technical marvel where the technical aspects of it might might kind of overshadow the story itself at times. I kind of watch it in two ways. I, I, the first time I watched it, I, I was mostly engrossed by the story. Now when I watch it, I'm just I'm just watching it to see how the fuck they did it, right? 
Um, but God damn it. This movie ends in the worst possible way. Like it, it is, I call it just a wet fart, wet fart. I was about to say, yeah, (laughs) it is, it is the most disappointing cop out ending. I could have, I could have imagined like, like just don't put, if you watch, if you're watching this movie, when you think it's over, just stop. Because that last 30 seconds is going to ruin it. Like, it, this was a lot higher on my list. I would have finished a lot higher on my list if it weren't for that ending. It's um, it's unnecessary. It's kind of patronizing. It's diminishing of, of people who are legitimately struggling from b- police brutality. Um, it undercuts the whole fucking movie. And, uh, but it's still number five on my list for the year. <laughs> Can I jump in here? Yeah, go for it. If you don't mind. Sorry, Jeff. I really, really like this movie, but I'm actually almost in the opposite camp of you because the first 15, 20, whatever it is, 22 minutes is astounding. It's amazing. It blew me away. The problem for me with this movie is that it kept that going on. I would have rather settled into the brothers' stories in a more calm, like, conversational way. And I really didn't understand when the middle brother killed the older brother and the younger brother, like... It didn't slow down enough for me to really take in. And I I really think like the shots where the shields are up and the all that stuff is amazing. But it relied on that too much for me to put it in my top ten. Otherwise totally loved it. And the end the end did like any consideration I had for it was blown by the end. Yeah, that's um my i mean this one was uh among the the 16 or 17 movies that were really deserving of a top spot but um the the major hit that i that i had for it was it's not a movie i could watch again really um it's a little um it's technically a very good movie the end sucked um but the heaviness of it, it's like, I just don't think, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie again. Thank you. But, That's why I think if they leaned into the brother's stories, just conversationally, not to speak for you, Jeff, but that's what I would need to like, go back. Sure. See, like a me, little, yeah, yeah. To me, it's the energy and keeping that energy up that, that wins the day for, but for my, you, for my, for my enjoyment. There are and, enough moments where yes, there's those moments of respite, and those are the moments where they aren't in the wonders, right? Where they're yeah, where they're, when they have a few minutes to catch their breath. But the movie's basically in real time. Is there right? a hero in this film? Um, because no. I want the younger brother to kind of like center me. Sure. Like that's what I was hoping for the whole movie, and I'm not. I'm, I don't mean to talk shit about one of your favorite movies, but he never centered me. I wanted him to like, I wanted to see his heart. Right. But he kept turning the phone off when his mom was calling. I was getting annoyed. I think think it's just the fact that it's, it's so in the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically in real time. 
he is filled with rage. Absolutely. And there's just no way through that for him right now. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, if I think if it were a more reflective film, then there'd be a room for that. But I don't think with the energy of this movie, like what it's trying to accomplish, the kinetic aspect to it, I just don't think there's any room for it. There is something to be said for that. And sorry, Jeff, I I know you probably want to say something because I do love the energy of the movie. I really do. I just wanted a little more heart, just a little more for me to understand the characters, which I do get from their energy, but it's still, they're all just, it's a barreling the entire time. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, it's all good. No, I, I mean, I don't really have much of anything to add there. So, all right. Um, I'll shut up then. I guess I will go from one movie that, um, that, that Chuck could talk a little shit about on Jason's list to a movie that Jason <laughs> could talk a little shit on my list. Uh, my third place movie of the year, this comes from very early in the year, and that's the movie Duel. Um, Duel is a very off-kiltered movie, and it's so peculiar and so deadpan while being both relatively heavy but also um, another kind of uh, a black comedy of sorts. But basically what this is, is it's the near future where um, there has come a way for people to be cloned if they have a um, terminal illness. So like, for example, I find out I have cancer and I'm going to die in six months, I could be cloned and my clone will take my place in life so that my family does not have to grieve for me. So this, you know, you guys would still have me here doing the podcast. My, you know, my family would still have me and all of that stuff. But so what happens is, is that Karen Gillan, who is in this very weird kind of, a kind of there's a very weird loveless relationship she's in with her husband or boyfriend i guess it's boy, boyfriend i think and she is finds out that she has this very peculiar very weird stomach disease and that she's going to die so the doctor says here why don't you uh go see this cloning thing you'll get cloned she'll take your place all of that's great Now, the clone's going to live with her for a little while and learn everything there is about her. So what she does is she ends up becoming the better version of Karen Gillan. She wins over, you know, the the relationship with with her boyfriend immediately gets better. She's much more attentive to her mother, who is a little nagging, but that's, you know, but she actually accepts the part of being nagged and, and being very loving to her mother and basically pushes the real Karen Gillan out. Well, there is one little um, caveat to this whole cloning thing. If you end up surviving your disease, your clone and you cannot exist on in the world together. Constitutionally, one has to be killed. And so they have a duel. Now, this is where 
the name of the of the movie and the one star reviews on Google crack me up because people see duel and they think it's duel, meaning that there's going to the whole movie is going to be about two Karen Gillans fighting each other. And that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is how to try to figure out which one should die and whether they, you know, whether they accept their place or whether they can accept ultimately killing themselves. Um, and it's just, but to get there, there is just this really weird sense of comedy that just tickled me in a way that no other comedy this year had. And it is, uh, kind of designed in a way to kind of distance the the humanity from the whole plot and the whole idea of the, of the whole story and it just it just hit me and if there's anything that could be the 2001 version of uh, of sexy beast for 2022 it's dual for me is it that funny like i've i've not seen it like sexy beast is clearly got that like satire well i'm not i'm not necessarily saying that it's it it, there is there the comedy in this is very awkward and it's very different what i'm saying is is that it's a movie that i appreciate on that level it's the little movie okay fair i i only kind of vaguely knew about went and saw it loved it and will defend it was not trying to bring any disrepute or whatever to your selection I no, just no 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 know. no yeah no i mean when i say it's if it's uh, that it fits that mold that sexy beast had in, you know 20 years ago it, it's just that it's the little movie that's just i loved it i just positively awesome loved it. awesome so anyway but yeah so that's that's that and uh there's this whole dynamic between karen gillen and aaron paul who's training her to fight herself and to kill herself <laughs> that is just they're the two right actors for those roles there's an interesting God, i don't even know if i should bring this up but x-men has like a gauntlet now where characters are given the opportunity to kill themselves or fight in i forget what it's called right now because it's been a while but to fight in this kind of duel right but with another like they fight magneto or cyclops or something and they die and they come back as their best version of their self or whatever Mm -hmm. so i kind of really gravitate towards that idea because of the x-men story but i know it's not the same based on yeah, the description it, but i want to see this movie based on what what you said and what i know from that arc yeah all right i saw it i want to keep it positive but i didn't like it <laughs> i don't That's like fake. riley stearns at all the maker of this movie his movie on um, the art of self-defense i really disliked and this one i couldn't get away from it it's just did it suffer your previous definitely definitely like maybe in a vacuum i would have liked this more but i still didn't like it um and it's what's weird about it is how much of of what he did in um art of self-defense is kind of recycled in this one like yeah it's all about 
like <laughs> it's just like the whole the whole Aaron Paul character could have been taken right out of the art of self defense. It was very weird. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't like his style at all. Um, Riley Stearns, he's a uh, it was a great concept. So there's my positive. <laughs> I will say this. And uh, Jeff, if you want to, I mean, there there can't be a rebuttal on choice, right? Like, or right, or whatever. But this is what I love about our show is that we all get to like what we like, right? Everybody like, gets cool. to like what they like. Yes, it's all good. Yeah. But that's not a that's not a theme everywhere where I've watched or listened to podcasts. Like, we're not judgmental. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And and this is again, this is, you know, this this kind of played into, you know, that scenario where it's like, I just gave it a shot. And I saw it in the theater and I was just like, I was locked in. And I was like, this is weird. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of itching, it's kind of scratching an itch that I have that, uh, yeah, just, it just worked. It was kind of funny though when I was watching it. I was about, 15 minutes into it i was like holy fuck riley stearns made this movie didn't he <laughs> i remember you messaging that to us which is hilarious <laughs> which is a good thing for other people right like if they like his style they're gonna sure. recognize it and enjoy it um i'm next right you are next what's your number three for the year my number three is one i fought with myself over right it's the batman um this was right on the outside of my top 10 yeah i this is one that like like floated all year right like i saw it early in the year i can't remember the date because i'm bad at that but it, it was up there and i almost felt like i should fight it out but I kept watching it. Like I kept wanting to watch it. It's the only movie I saw this year three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was enough of an argument for me. Like even in its, it, it, it has problems, but it also has astounding performances, right? Like, is it Colin Firth? Oh, Colin Farrell is yeah. yeah, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell so, had a hell of a year, man. It's wild. Paul Dano He's, had a hell of a year. He did. Well, he did. I wanted I wanted, I kind of wanted to talk about this because we need to make an app where you can put like 10 movies in and it tells you all the actors, like which movies they're in and those. Like Colin Farrell blew me away this year in almost everything he was in. Right? Yeah. Um this movie has a caveat because you've probably seen the Batman. Everyone I think has seen the Batman. So I don't need to talk about it, but I will say this. A lot depends on the next movie for how this one ages, right? Like we have a young Bruce Wayne. We have a Bruce Wayne who's kind of annoying in a lot of ways doesn't get stuff a batman who does learn like he's given our batman gets an an arc right Right. he goes he goes from vengeance to hope but bruce doesn't get that much of an arc he doesn't grow a lot and he's kind of annoying but he's young he's a young man 
So when we get to the next uh, The Batman, whatever it's called, whatever's going on with that, I will reappraise this. I will say this. In my top three, Barry Keegan is either (laughs) heavily in one movie or marginally in another. If Barry Keegan gets the role of the Joker, I am a thousand and five thousand percent in. I don't know. That's like six thousand percent. There's six thousand percentages. Yes. Boy, yeah. You can can see like a little bit of where he might take it from his performance of Banshees, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. One thousand percent. And I really think the Batman is adept. Like, if I can carry on just a little bit, it it understands Bruce. It understands young Bruce. It understands young Batman. Like he's he is he has to be evil to combat evil right and he learns that the people he's trying to save will not flock to him otherwise i'm do i may, maybe doing a poor job of explaining this but matt reeves i feel gets it as well if not better than christopher nolan and the Nolan films are some of my favorite movies ever. So I'm, I'll just say I'm along for the ride. I'm slotting it at three. It could move up based on the other movies. It, it is kind of conden- contingent when you have a known trilogy, like things can fluctuate, right? At yeah. least for me. You know, I liked Pattison and um, I like him in most stuff. I think people can't get past his stuff in twilight but well because that well that's this is a guy who's made who's made a lot of great movies with really really like big time auteur directors i mean uh i thought he was a fine batman but i really liked his bruce wayne because i think by casting someone like pattison you can really lean into that theme of um privilege yeah what that means that was what I liked the most about the Batman was was that's it's the first Batman movie that really talked about the privilege of Bruce Wayne and and that problem, right? Yeah. So I think Raz Al Ghul did it a little bit in the Nolan yeah. trilogy. I get I get you there. And that's interesting because and I'm not challenging well, you. Raz Al Ghul kinda like broke him down though, you know? Cause He's like training him, and well, he thought he was. Yeah, him, yeah. Well, yeah, no. it wasn't him training him, but yeah, I'm with you. But I also think early on you were a little bit weary, even having seen it of Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. So have you come around? I don't know. I don't think I was ever not on board with Pattinson. I do kind of like the idea of Nicholas Holt better, but um, for me, it was just I, I, what I didn't like about the movie was a lot of how it was shot. Um, it felt a little too was it claustrophobic or um, very very darkly lit, very yeah. um, like too darkly lit for me. Uh, <laughs> well, that, Batman, that's but... well, yeah. I was gonna say that that is that's always going to be a struggle with trying to figure out gotham city on a visual level well this is the, hilarious. the first thing that people are going to do is say dark yeah this is hilarious because a peek behind the curtain jeff is the darkness like guy right like you <laughs> you rail against darkness and film a lot 
and Jason does not. This is like a reversal because you. Well, because I, expect I think that you from even Batman. said like, <laughs> yeah, but you also said you could see shit in here. In oh, other yeah, movies. True. that is yeah, true. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like everything. I liked a lot of elements of this movie. I like the Batmobile a lot. I mean, I liked a lot of elements of it. Um, I'll tell you what, the sound design. I didn't really like the whole like last act to a ton. Um, it's so ultra important, and I won't belabor this. I get you, but that like turn from vengeance to hope, yeah, is important, no, right? No, like I, the it's, fact it's that not that it's I don't know. It's it, honestly, it's I haven't seen it since I saw it when it was in the theater, and I haven't really had much desire to. So maybe I'll revisit it and have more complete thoughts at another time. But I, I honestly don't even remember. That's fair. Well enough to even, to even talk about it beyond what I've said. Yeah. That's totally fair. It's, I mean, I'm a Batman whore, so take that as you will. Oh, it's perfectly fine. I mean, you both liked it a lot. Um, I, uh, I didn't like it as much, but well, you suck at life. So what are you going to do? (laughs) What are you going to do? Um, who's, Who's next, Jeff? Uh, it would be you're... Jason. Okay. Number three. Number um, three. This was kind of going to be a no-brainer probably from the start. He would have to really fuck this up for me to not have it on my top ten. But um, my number three spot is David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Um, Man, this is a hard movie to watch. No doubt. Like, it is heavy as fuck. It is ugly. But, man, is it not just, like, brimming with ideas? Like, it might be its one fault is it has too many ideas. And a lot of those ideas aren't fully explored. But there is not a moment in this movie where something something interesting isn't being explored in some way. Um... The performances are top notch. The I was kind of worried about the um, art direction and some of the design of the of the like technological aspects of the movie because in the early trailers it looked kind of cheap, but they looked ended up looking great. Final product looked great. Um, it's a movie about ecological disaster, um, about evolution. And, you know, the government suppression of bodily autonomy. It's a satire of performance art. It's a satire of body horror, um, which I think is one of the most interesting themes. And Chuck helped me kind of fully realize what I was trying to articulate on this. You know, that body horror moniker is applied to so many movies today. And there's... um this whole kind of subculture in this world of um, performance art because no one can feel any pain. So there's this exploration of the body as performance art. And there's this one guy who like grows, just grows genetic ears or has them sewn to his body. It's kind of hard to even tell. Um, and it all, all he is is a person with a bunch of ears and it's completely devoid of any meaning. Right. And I think that's Cronenberg kind of, making a commentary on the body horror uh, moniker itself. 
like it's been kind of co-opted into this meaningless theme, right? Ooh, it's body horror. Okay, what does that mean anymore? Right, and it's Cronenberg almost... reclaiming his mantle, his throne, right? Yeah, it's almost like a um, I'm gonna do body horror because I'm gonna be edgy, right? Yes, yeah, yes. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I still haven't watched this again since i since i saw in the theater because i've been i've been wanting to wait for a time to show it to susan um but i'm almost kind of the point where i can't wait anymore because every time i was like let's watch crime of the future she's like well well but i can't stop talking about it to her i keep telling her about it she's like that sounds so interesting and it's like i know let's watch it <laughs> yeah but the problem is is you keep bringing it up while you guys are eating raw squid true it's not gonna true. work out damn it you're right um, yeah anyway um i you know here's the thing uh, jason earlier you said that uh, earlier offline you said that um i i actively dislike this movie that's not true um it's a movie that's not for me um it was not a pleasant watch um it certainly wasn't a pleasant watch for the for the people in a row ahead of me that got up the moment that the naked dead kid was on the cutting (laughs) yeah that's hard one um but they didn't really seem like people that I don't know what they were expecting. I always wonder, anyway, like, what do those people think this movie is when they go? Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they expect gore without the, the, the artistic wrapping around it, um, which that's not to say that it's wrong of them to have tried it. Uh-huh. That's me saying that there are parts of this movie that is different and interesting and the the stuff that you mentioned that the stuff that it's about on the outside is the stuff that i like to think about this is one of those movies that i have a very complicated relationship with sure sure because it's like i get it i understand it and i'm on board for the message Mm -hmm. i just don't want to see it yeah um and um I also saw it when I was like with the worst bout of food poisoning I've ever had. In my oh life. no, <laughs> that's um, not good. So you had body horror while you were I watching had, it. Well, I had body horror the the few days before seeing it, and then I thought, "Am I feeling well enough to go see this?" Sure, let's see what happens next. And and I just no, I, I watched combo. most of the movie through my through my hands because <laughs> well but the, but it took yeah. me back to a place when my mom used to watch the uh, surgery shows on whatever oh, yeah. channel that used to be on and I hated that because those fucking shows were always on at dinner time oh and it's yeah. like why the fuck are you doing this and it's like yeah. I just mm, no and it just it, it, it um quite honestly that, the concepts the, are great but the but the movie itself doesn't is not yeah. one that i can put my eyeballs on for sure i i, I get that like 100 percent. do i i understand that yep can All i right. can I, well no oh, you I got did. you have some things to say chuck yeah. i mean this is in this my is on top your 10. list <laughs> yeah. oh shit you're yeah. right i forgot you did put this in your top 10 i i've grown to love this more since i watched it and I loved it when I watched it. In a weird way, it feels like Dark Man. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. It's yeah. it's almost like a superhero movie in, in a, a way, weird yeah. vein. Uh-huh. Um, and the idea of body autonomy, which is 
extremely important and well positioned when this movie came out, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's not lost on me. But yeah, I mean you mentioned it, Jason, and we talked about it, so your mention of it is I think a byproduct of us talking about it is like Cronenberg is commenting on his own creation in a way. It's like kind of Frankenstein-y, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he's made this monster. This monster is running. Well, what is this monster? Is it just the monster with the ears that probably in my estimation are just sewn on, right? Yeah. Like it's not a growth of the body. It's right. just show right like this movie examines so many things and there is that like really i couldn't get past that superhero almost element like and i know that vigo mortensen well from what i've heard was injured during the filming of this but he's always kneeling like he's always in the corners he's always in the shadows he's always Uh like it's almost zero superhero like but that's not even my favorite part like leah sadu yeah. and um oh my god jeff kristen helped me. kristen stewart kristen stewart, stewart yeah. thomas yeah it, she was in a movie with kristen thomas she <laughs> is the perfect it, it, she's not a foil right like i don't even know what to call her but she's the perfect like draw me in got like character right like she's she's exactly what i'm thinking like if i showed up at a she's the gallery yeah she is the gallery if i showed up and i had to like introduce this new growth i had like jesus christ that's fucking weird but it's made palatable by Kristen stewart's like understanding and discomfort with all of it Oh, but then I don't know if I'd call that discomfort. I'd call that it's tickling nether regions. Yeah. No, wait, was, wait, she, I, she has a discomfort that becomes that in my in my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you because she does become enamored. And I think that's like the audience again with body horror. Yeah. Like it's yeah. always like a commentary on our relationship with Cronenberg's work. Yeah, the sexuality and aspects and like uh, like so much of his work is sexual, but in yeah. really uncomfortable ways. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. weird because I'm not you, Jason. Like you are a Cronenberg fanatic, right? And sure, Jeff, you are well versed in his work. Well enough, yeah. And I think he he does a really good job of just drawing you into his understanding of how he's impacted this space. Yeah. Right. And the story is good anyway. Yeah. Like I look at it like a superhero film. Maybe I'm weird, but I think it's, I think that's really interesting and I'm going to watch it with that mindset. I think it's got also one of the, the great, I can't remember if it was the final moment, but it might have been um, when uh, he finally realizes why his breakfast chair isn't working for him. That's just great. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we could just from a narrative standpoint, like his arc into that is really good. 
I mean, his arc is perfection in that yeah. sense, because he's not understanding the progression of human life and how we are growing and he's fighting it. Because well, he's fighting it. Yeah. He's, he's cutting out every part it, like, of him. Every way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's cutting out every part of him that will make him happy. Yep. And that like, that yep. is a whole nother aspect of the story we haven't even talked about. The yep. fact that there are murderers out there trying to kill to keep this progression of human evolution under wraps like yeah. it's fucking wild i get you jeff too but i challenge you to watch it after minute 11 and think of it as a superhero movie and, and don't um, have food poisoning and don't well, yeah don't have food poisoning. <laughs> i mean I, i've seen the movie i don't need to see it again <laughs> I does mean, it does much past that i mean because that really no, it's, that it's opening the, it's, is, it's is really a, fucking tough no I no agree no, no, with no that. that is not at all my problem it's the digging around inside the body it's i mean i'm the guy who passes out with blood yeah giving blood in a tiny vial okay but you've and i don't want to belabor this but you've liked other cronenberg films that do the same things right are you no, not like that. There's not, not another Cronenberg like, movie like this. I mean, <laughs> not for okay. me, at least. Fair, fair. Like the closest I, mean, I could imagine would be maybe like Videodrome, but it's that's so alien, right? right? Like the that's videotape and the stomach and stuff. It's, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's almost Lovecraftian, right? Right. It's, it's right. a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure not, you know there's no judgment. No, on no, my no, part. no, no, uh, no. It's just it's not. It's um, I physically like i will i physically couldn't you revolt against it right exactly i get it i get it all good i get it um where are we so i am going to talk about number two on my list number two number Um, 10 200 it's uh weird the al yankovic story the funniest movie i saw all year um this is wait did you skip one or are you just gonna go back to it no i I did yeah um no we're we're online all right um yeah so weird the al yankovic story this is it's it's the type of movie and i say this a lot but this is a perfect example of a type of movie a type of parody movie that hasn't been made for 30 years Mm -hmm. this is not a movie like so many parody movies in the last 20 years where they're just taking gobs of spaghetti and throwing it at the wall (laughs) and seeing what sticks and what actually makes people laugh yeah this is specifically pointed at we've seen multiple movies come out now uh bohemian rhapsody yeah rocket man um i mean hell you can even say this movie was being made when elvis came out and they were still nailing the exact same beats perfectly and you know making it now granted a 20 year old may watch this movie and think what the uh, this is not funny i don't get any of this (laughs) but people who grew up with weird al who have seen weird al in their life for all of these years are going to look at this movie and say yeah we got it you know we get that this is you know it's part um it's it's partly about the music industry it's partly about how um you know the parody of how people 
become stars and how they act once they become stars. It's just, it's perfect. It's, it's the perfect parody. It is the funniest movie I saw all year. It, I was grinning like a goon from start to finish for the whole movie. It is the funniest movie I saw all year and probably in several years. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing I want to say also is that um, this has been a really good year for comedies. Comedies is the one um, genre that I typically do not want to see new movies of. Um, A lot of comedy that is um, not scripted or just kind of rambles on and on and on um, where there's no, you know, it's like, it's all, um, uh, it's all improv is not funny to me at all. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, um, so this year having so many good comedies come along that have a tight script and a tight point to it. Yeah. Uh, this is great. I also, I, want, also, I hope more of this. It, it, yeah, I hope also like scenes that allow, allow the joke to develop. Yes. Right. So it's not like a joke a minute. It's maybe you're going to take a little while to get to the but, joke. But in between getting like there's there, but this is layered like UHF is, right? Right. Right. It, right because right. like there's the whole scene where there's this whole joke about writing my bologna, right? <laughs> and it's, it's things happening around yeah. this scene. Yeah. 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 that happened that he is writing the lyrics for however at the same time there's an there's a developing joke about why are these guys always around yeah (laughs) and then we find out later they could have helped him from the very beginning because they're all musicians well it's it's (laughs) like we talked about with my cousin Vinny. there's no there's no wasted moments right in this movie everything everything is is on a path and and when it hits its mark, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Right. You haven't seen this yet, have you, Chuck? It's man, it's gonna it's gonna hit you right. I mean, no, I know we, this... we know what you like, and it's it's yeah, it's oh, it's funny. It, this is number six on my list, by the way. Just so everyone knows, although I think we're gonna do a recap later. Um, yeah, I can't agree more, Jeff. Uh, very well deserving it's it's the best comedy in years yeah this uh this is my one regret of not getting to because uhf is one of my like childhood favorites ever um honestly the reason i haven't watched it is because i had problems with the unit that would allow me to watch it (laughs) oh so the, the roku yeah because it's only available on roku's right yes Is that right so, so well it's on yes. the roku channel can you get the and none of my other places? units allowed me to download it which was weird like all of my weird. stuff is amazon and it was supposed to allow the download of it and every time i searched it i couldn't find it and the roku unit i have courtesy of you jeff thank you was weird I do think the Roku exclusive thing, the Roku channel, has has hurt this movie. Um, but I, it's good. But just like UHF, it's it's like got cult classic written all over it. Yeah, I mean people, UHF people is one will of be the discovering best. this movie for years. Yeah, UHF is like second or third behind Top Secret and 
airplane or well naked gun is in a world of its own for me so i'll just say like top secret uhf and then whatever like uh, i love that kind of stuff so i'm really disappointed i didn't get to this and i should have tried harder it's on me but yeah I well really you have you have it. the rest of your life ahead of you go yeah go, i'm gonna go watch it. it sir yeah <laughs> i'll reappraise it'll be on it'll be one very soon i'm sure all right chuck uh what's your number two? Oh who, well who does number uh, two work for who does number two work for um i mean that's your number one right oh jeff walked away he did how are we handling this i'm pretty sure let me <sighs> hold on a second your number two is no your number two is banshees of an inner yes thank you banshees Let's of talk about banshees of inner inishirin i always fuck up that in inishirin <laughs> Did you look that up and that's how you pronounce it? Because I've never looked it up. I assume well, it's in a Sharon. They keeps oh, it is probably in a Sharon. They keep they say it a bunch of times in the movie, but I always I always screw it up. In a Sharon okay. sounds right. In, so in a this Banshees. This, that's why I just call it Banshees. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> Banshees is lightning in a fucking bottle. Yep. To me. Um it is clearly got direction it's clearly got a point it's clearly got all that stuff but the lightning is the cast yep like uh barry keegan my god i will be talking about his role in this as small it is as it is for the rest of my life <laughs> it blew me away um colin farrell phenomenal as the straight man and then brandon gleason well i mean there's kind of a few straight men in this right like brandon gleason throws his fingers at doors but he's not like outside of his core tenants is not a like outlandish dude Right. right. I, mean, I, I think it, it's like as a comedy, you're tempted to put people into roles, but I don't really think that anyone works. That's not a comedy that works that way. It doesn't right? apply. I agree. It doesn't apply. It's I 1000 like agree. It's, 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 it's cast and written like a drama, but with highly absurd comedic elements. Right. And it's absurd because it's a fable, right? right. Or, uh, I guess fables the best way to explain it, like An Irish folktale, if you will. Yep. Yeah, folktale is probably the word I was looking for, but, right? But so, fables generally have a moralistic point, so fable works probably better. Yeah, fair. So we have the the Irish um, Civil War as a backdrop, which is really kind of if you look into it, what makes this movie great, right? Yeah. If you don't know about the Irish Civil War. You can watch this movie and be like, it was fantastic. It was it was great. It's about two men who have a falling out over no reason. I have had many people in my life, as unfortunate as it is to say, that have just stopped serving purpose, right? Like right. do you guys have friends that just stop serving purpose? Sure. 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 Yeah. I mean there's those people you just stopped talking to, right? Yeah. And they, they kind of no stopped talking to you too. And you just don't really 
need them necessarily in your daily life. You might be you might be polite. And, you're not like you don't like actively avoid them necessarily, but um, at least I don't know if I have anyone that I. Actually Brandon Gleason is polite in this. In right. his yeah. in his avoidance just, of yeah, the problem like, is the problem is we live in the big wide world of the United States. They live on an island and with very few people. <laughs> right. And how many years ago was this? Like my children could tell me exactly. Yeah, almost a hundred years. Right. Yeah, and they're right. drinking buddies, and it just kind of happens overnight. Like Colin Farrell's character has a right to be absolutely perplexed and annoyed by Brendan Gleeson's reaction. But he doesn't have a right to pursue it the way he no. does. No, but, <laughs> but he Which is what makes this movie it. great. That's yeah. what makes this movie great. Is that, <laughs> So, Colin Farrell is, for lack of a better term, a bit dim, right? Like, he needs black and white. He doesn't understand nuance. Yeah. And the backdrop of this film is not black and white. There's nuance to the yeah. the civil war in in Ireland, but there is constant like mention, like even when Brandon Gleeson cuts off his first finger, and the um, the priest. I think he's a priest. Um, this is where I'll fail when we get to religion. When he's doing his confessional is like yeah we don't do self-mutilization yeah well that's the whole movie right like the right. whole movie is the idea of we are all irishmen irishmen right or scottish no irish yeah. irish and we're killing ourselves like this whole battle is self-mutilization right with no reason <laughs> that is like i don't know I don't even yeah. know. Well, it's 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 yeah. uh, the well his his reaction <clears throat> by cutting off the fingers, it, you know, so he's self mutilating himself, but he's also cutting away things that used to be important to him, and in fact, it's he is stunting him himself. the The one yeah. thing he wants to do right. is right. to write the music. He feels that Colin Farrell is preventing him from writing the next great song. So what's he do? He cuts his fingers off to tell him he's he's for real. What's that do? Prevents him from fucking playing music. Right. So it's it, it, this is a dog eating its own tail. Yeah. Um, well, they, yeah, because that's what when you're in a self war, right? right? <laughs> like when you're at war with your own country or your right. own it, people, the, this is what right. you're doing. You're exactly. It's, 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 it's senseless escalation and you can't right. see beyond the conflict. Yeah. The right. forest for the trees or however. Well, it, yeah. It's taking the macro, the idea of the civil yeah. war and putting it on the micro between right. two people, two right. individuals. Um, well, and, yeah, then there's, and then there's people on the, on the fringes. You have Carrie Condon saying, this is stupid. Just right. let it be. Just just move on with your life. You've got the uh, you got Barry Keegan who is basically egging him on almost. Yeah. It's like, well, he's being an asshole or whatever. Yeah, you but know. he can't take his extremes either. He, right. Like Barry Keegan, like it's really interesting because Carrie Condon, who's telling him to just take it, right? Like mm -hmm. let this go. She's also willing to move into the city. Yeah. Right. Right. She's willing to move into the middle of the conflict. Yeah. 
Right. Whereas none of these other folks are. And you have Barry Keegan, who is, oh, my God. I'll tell you what. My favorite line of the entire year is, there goes that dream. Yeah. yeah. My heart broke. Yeah. In that moment. And Barry yeah. Keegan delivers it so beautifully. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's the it's the age old uh, trying to play it off like it's not a thing, but also, right. it, but it's for real. You know, yeah. you know it. You can see it. Yeah, I didn't even feel it as a play, but I mean, I know but, what but you're no, saying. I mean, well, I mean, it's it, the, it's just crushing, it's kind of, right? It's uh, it's it's a very realistic <laughs> thing. Yeah, this one was in my. This is the one movie in my top ten list that I'm not sure I could just go right back to. Um, I could watch well, this. I kind of want to watch it again right in now. A row. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's the there is a there is a very heavy sadness that I felt oh, in this it's movie. Melancholic, yeah. Um, and it's it's something that just, uh, it, yes, there's comedy in it, but in the end, it hurts. Oh, um, you know what? And, I agree with you. And I don't want to go right back to the hurt yet. I think the heartbreaking nature of this film is so off screen that you can, you can kind of like put it off if you want to, if you want to. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is just that it, it, it left me feeling as funny as it is through most of it. It did leave me very feeling very melancholic. But it is. It's one thousand yeah. percent like it, but, but that's what I love about it and why I put it at three, I think, or two. two. At yeah, two. two. Yeah. Is that it runs the gamut for me and I can see it from multiple angles that like I don't watch a lot of movies where I'm like, okay, I can turn off the fucking spouts right now and just laugh at this movie. This isn't one, actually, really. It's very, it hits hard, but it's also everything in comedy in a lot of ways. Like, that first hour of this movie is just plain funny. Yeah. And even when it hurts, it's funny. Yeah. Which is weird. You don't get a lot of that elsewhere, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Are we? We're now on number ones. I think we are. Whew. So, Jason, Damn, you we are there. the only. You are the only dissenting number yeah. one here. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll do my number one, and then we can have a love fast love fest for the last film. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck just I literally did a spit take. Yeah, on, on Zoom camera. Uh, did you re- you record the video or just the audio? I'll be right well, back. I got, I'm gonna I got clean the video. stuff while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, my number one is Chanwook Park's decision to leave. Um, I was super disappointed to see this didn't get a Best Foreign Language Film nomination. Uh, This movie, it's... I've seen it twice now. Uh, Saw it in the theater, saw it at home. Uh, Chanwook Park has just a way with me. He's... um, He's a very engrossing filmmaker. He deals with like really dark themes, but um, but makes these kind of like sometimes lighthearted films about them. Uh, I mean, this is a man who made a vengeance trilogy. Uh, might know him from a little film called Old Boy. That's what he's kind of like mostly known for. Um, he uh, 
he's made one of the best vampire movies I've ever seen. Um, not to be confused with the Australian film. It's named Thirst. Hmm. Uh, but he uh, he made this movie, Decision to Leave, and he made it based on uh, police procedurals and soap operas. He's like, I'm going to mash these two things up and make a, make a movie. And uh, it turns out that it's the most romantic movie of the year. I've been describing it as In the Mood for Love, the One Car Y film, and uh, Basic Instinct. If you take those two things and mash your action figures together, you get Decision <laughs> to Leave. <laughs> You've got this femme fatale character um, who you don't know if you can trust, right? And you've got this really romantic storyline between her and our police in- inspector. Um, and it takes you through the first act is almost like this very by the numbers police thriller. And then the second act totally turns it on its head and flips the script and takes you in this completely different direction. Susan, when I showed it to her, she thought at the end of the first act, the movie was over. And that's kind of the power of this movie is how it um, subverts itself and what it's kind of basing its its uh, premise on. Uh, it's kind of one of those ones you don't want to talk too much about it. You don't want to give away the ghost because it's a it's kind of like a twisty, turny type flick. Um, I do think it's a little choppy in the narrative. Some of how it moves from scene to scene and the editing, I think just is a little jarring it can be disorienting i think that's a little bit why susan uh, was confused at times Um, it also doesn't help that it's a movie in two different foreign languages korean and chinese so um and that's kind of a plot point too so a little bit of that is lost in the in the translation if you will but um but man i just it just really i walked out of the theaters kind of blown away by it um and it just felt like kind of one of those types of American movies that you just don't see anymore, right? And I think it would translate so well as a as a as a U.S. remake with potentially like a like a Mexican Spanish speaking um, female lead. I think that could that or or, or even vice versa. But anyway, um, it's again not a perfect movie. But it's not even Chainwick Park's best movie, but it's my favorite movie <laughs> but, uh, of 2022. Well, again, you, you it's something about it that, that yeah, you know, scratched the niche. Chuck, sure, I know you Jeff, saw it too. Yeah, Jeff, did you see it? No. Okay. I love this movie a lot. Like the. It's hard to explain without giving away the story. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that loss in translation aspect makes it a better movie. So even if you did approach it from the lens that you were talking about, sure, Jason, sure. A, a Mexican to American or whatever, um, that lack of understanding is important. Because the scenes where communication really is important doesn't rely on language at all. Um, And that's what I 
what I love about it, like the most pivotal scene for everyone is, is what about's not said, right? Right. Or what's said, but not directly. It's yeah, this movie really hit hard for me. I, I really liked it. I did. I think I mentioned to you, Jason, that they subverted Maybe subversion isn't the right word, but when I thought it should end was yeah. an American procedural moment, right? Like this is the movie I've seen a thousand times. They've solved the murder. Let's we're done. But no, there this, is um, this had my favorite line of the year. Um, when your love died, mine began. Yes. And that's the moment, right? Yeah. Like that's the moment where i was like wait a minute yeah we're not done with this story yet (laughs) it's it's really well done shot yeah even if you just like procedurals honestly yeah Yeah. this is a good movie yeah if you like deeper than procedural this is a great movie the ending is astounding yeah it's it's fantastic It's, it's pure romance it really is yes i mean it's 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 like when you look up the real definition of romance in the, in the dictionary, it's that, right? It's like the extreme. Um, it's Romeo and Juliet kind of romance, right? Absolutely. Yeah. A thousand percent. And that, yeah, that, I'll just call it a burial, is, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is. Whew. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's well, move Chuck, on to Chuck. This is our the consensus here. Right. right. So this is, uh, Chuck, this is our number ones for both. I know this is number two on Jason's list. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, movie of the year, really, right? Re- like, really, it is. It, it, this is a movie. First of all, I don't know about you, Chuck, but this was maybe the... This is the most original movie that is not working from an original premise that I have seen in a long time. A thousand percent. Yeah, because here, so here's a movie that's about multiverse, right? <laughs> we have and um, not and not, but it's a but it's a it's a movie about the endless possibilities of the different paths that could or should be taken. Now we know that as comic book people as being multiverse, right? Right, and that is something that is. Um, not new in the last couple of years of of movies no it's a focus of marvel right, right now, now yeah basically everything from now until like 2026 is going to be a focused on multiverse and yet this movie still figured out a way to be original about dealing with a multiverse um it's family drama it's personal drama and it is a relationship specifically about one woman and multiple people in her life. Yeah. Most importantly is her and her daughter and the, the wedge that can be driven particularly between Asian women. And the fact that two guys wrote this um, is really kind of, that much more interesting and special um 
I, did did you guys watch Turning Red? The yes. Pixar movie. I, I didn't yes. see it yet. No. So yeah. here's another situation where another yet another element that is kind of interwoven with this is that's another movie about Asian women and their relationship yeah. with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly familial and expectations that are heaped upon Asian girls and uh, and Chinese girls in particular and uh, not to put too fine of a point on it this is a uh, multi-generational problem that Chinese women have with these kind of expectations that they must act or be a certain way because let's kind of face it they're not as well um, thought of in Chinese culture. Valued. Valued, exactly. That's the perfect way of putting it. And this gets carried down more so from mother to daughter. And this movie is so emotional by the end of it that, God, you hope that these two women figure out a way to to do better um with their relationship with one another and it's it is a very very special movie and it is a movie that is so hyped and so nails the hype that if you don't like this movie after it's been hyped to you you're looking for a reason not to like it i don't even think and i agree with you in what in certain ways i don't even think you can hype this movie correctly probably not you but can't i can't even sell this movie the right way to anyone right. which is why you tell people like just watch it just watch it because even the the nuance of the chinese or you know their historical aspects and all that stuff that comes into this movie that almost and i don't mean this in a negative way it doesn't matter right like the the interaction of people like fucking i can't even remember his name right now but short round as the 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 conduit almost Mm -hmm. to to change like it's universal. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't. Ma- I mean, the name tells you, and I'm not being. I didn't even plan this, right? But everything, everywhere, all at once is just a way of saying, like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, when you are. All of this relationship matters, right? Like, right. that's the way I view it it's it's an astounding look at how people interact with one another and how people put themselves in positions because even that the thought right like what is the weird thought i'm gonna have that puts me in this situation like right where i'm landing on a butt plug (laughs) in the middle of an office like that is all like crucial right and it's it's wild. It's yeah. wild to me how well done this. Like, I can't even think about how you articulate that when you're writing a script. I cannot even understand 
the thought that goes into that. It's yeah, and, and it's you know, but it's also got all of these wildly different ideas. I mean, there's there's a section where everybody has to do things with their feet because they have hot dog fingers that can't <laughs> grasp anything. And and the fact that that works now it's a funny aside. And of course, there's there's an even funnier scene or 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 vision that you see later. <laughs> But there's also a more heartbreaking scene. Exactly. And and like there's just I mean, the whole the daughter's character, while technically the bad guy of this movie, is somebody that you have a immense um uh, uh, emotion for and, and you care about. I almost see that differently. I don't see her as a bad guy. Well, she's the the technical antagonist, I should say. Not maybe not yeah, the but bad I, guy. In my view, she is act well, yeah, I mean they they totally position it that way, so it's hard to argue. But Michelle Yeoh's character is the one that needs to change. Right. Not the bad the- guy. Right, but she is the she's the character that we're following, so she is so yeah. It's put I on mean, its head, so it's right. Story story wise, yes. Sorry, right, but she, no. That's, well, well, I think they both need to change. I think that that's true too. They they neither one of them can continue down the same path without destruction ensuing, and the, it's the big metaphor, right? And it's the destruction to their relationship. And um, they both need to change in order for them to to really, truly accept one another. That is definitely a better articulation of what I was trying to say, because I don't see either of them as. And I know, Jeff, you weren't pigeonholing anyone, but, but I don't I think, see a bad guy. I think why she story. I think why she comes off as the the literal antagonist is because you know she's the young one, the headstrong one, the one who's more willing to kind of just burn it all down, right? Because she doesn't have the wisdom to to see another way, right? Her mother is stuck in her ways, yeah, and and is unable to articulate to her daughter a better way for them to to have harmony in their relationship right so they're both kind of at an impasse um and it takes a multiverse to bring them together God, that's exactly good. right it's <laughs> really good it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like if only there were a couple of spider-men to come in and help you know um but yeah so it it was number one when i saw it there was no movie that that could really knock it out of that and it is a movie that is everything people say it is i and, hope it wins everything well yeah i agree I, I agree with you jeff this is i mean i alluded to it earlier and it wasn't the only one i was talking about but high bar right like i right. saw this early in the year it's fucking amazing i think i saw this in the theater yeah i saw this in the theater and i was just like blown away and nothing literally nothing 
approached it for me all year. Yeah. Although Jason's number one was was really good. I yeah, it just it just it just got me. Um and it it, it could be more of like a recency bias. Um and I did see everything every everywhere all at once the sec a second time and um some of that third act I felt like could use a little tightening because I could feel the time a little bit more. Um that's probably that is what bumped it to number two, but it's still number two. And honestly, everything in my top four is essentially interchangeable based on my mood. So, yeah. So you thought it drug on in your yeah, second I thought, watch? I thought, I thought all the different kind of like multiverse things that were happening could have could have all been a little expedited, if you will. <laughs> I I felt that in my first watch. And my second watch, but I, I was just like, okay, well, the rest of this movie is insane, right? Like, it's like you can I, only go back to Hot Dog Finger so many times before the joke was, starts it, to. It, it does to get a little stale. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I also, yeah, I, <laughs> I gave it reprieve in the last act because of how good. The well, how it, resolved, how it was resolved was was outstanding. I mean, yes. Um, oh, the car scene and all that. Like, yeah, it's really. Yeah, good. I mean, I mean, then just the what happened needed to happen happened. You, you, everyone, you don't feel like there wasn't like this grand emotional moment, but there was enough, right? Enough to where they both broke through, and it's a start. And I, you can you can feel that. I know we're going to talk or probably run through our top 10, but that now that we've talked about all of these movies is a theme for me, right? Like every movie I love has had like, a, I'm going to say denouement or whatever, or an end that just felt right to me. Like, it either hit me in my heart, it hit me in my feels, or it hit me in my laughs, right? Like, it just had a good landing, which is nice, because I don't always get that from all the movies I watch. Well, with that, let's uh, let's recap Do a recap. Um, oh. I'll go ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and... Okay. Uh, number 10 for me was uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Uh, probably the second funniest movie that I saw this year. Just bringing them into 2022 shouldn't have worked that well, but it, very, funny. <laughs> um, very funny. Then number nine was the Banshees of Inna Sharon. Um, I, we, we've gone over that. Um, <laughs> number eight was the menu. Number seven, my cheat X and Pearl. Number six, The Fablemans. Number five, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, Duel. Number two, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And number one, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Jason. My number 10 was Something in the Dirt. Number nine, Two Leslie. Number eight, After Yang. Number seven, also my cheat, X and Pearl. Number seven, no, six, uh, six. 
uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, number five, Athena. Number four, Banshees of Anishirin. Anishirin. Yeah. <laughs> Don't really know. The Banshees uh, of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> number three, Crimes of the Future. Number two, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And number one, Decision to Leave. Me, top ten. Nope. 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 All That's right. it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had to do it. Number nine, which I do need to mention in short, Scream. I, I'm a horror for Scream, but best Scream movie since two, at least. It was... It was real good, and I cannot wait for six. Um, number eight, Barbarian. Number seven, Crimes of the Future. Number six, fucking phenomenal movie, Decision to Leave. Number five and four, Pearl and X. Number three, The Batman. Number two, Banshees of Inisherin. And number one, really i think separates itself for me like by quite a margin everything everywhere all at once and there you have it yeah good year there you have it's it. been it, it really is year. it really is a good year i'm i'm kind of quietly interested in next year because I mentioned this earlier and I'm belaboring this. I'm sorry, but nothing like blew anything out of the water. I'm so used to like one movie being like, this is the one didn't happen this year for me. Hmm. Well, everything everywhere all at once. And then everything else, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, um, I will say real quick that I have seen two movies already in 2023. Megan is knows exactly what it is. So that's, I can't wait to see that. Actually, yeah, it's a fun movie. Go check it out. Um, I already have one movie that I have an extremely complicated relationship with and that's going (laughs) to link. Um, I get what it's trying to do, but at a hundred minutes, that is about 10 times too long. Drop um, the rinky dink and just yeah, do the skin rink. Just do the skin. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I am going to uh, be back to do a review in a few weeks for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Speaking of multiverse, we are diving headlong right into that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So look for that uh, probably sometime around either Friday the seventeenth or uh saturday the 18th i'll get that out but uh don't forget to follow film seizure facebook twitter instagram all those places that helps you be aware of our uh various shows as new episodes drop you can also follow us uh to podcast providers like soundcloud google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, you know stitcher tune in spotify audible all those places we also upload stuff to youtube so we did it we can put 2022 to bed. We can kiss it on his forehead and then turn out the lights. Bye bye. On, onward and upward into 2023. So until I return with uh, Ant Man and the Wasp taking on the Nefarious King the Conqueror, 
Don't forget to save me the aisle seat. <laughs>